With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What do you get when you cross a know-it-all newspaper columnist with an awkward, unsophisticated everyman? Yeah, uh, well, I'm just not sure about that right now. Welcome to Couch in the Rube, our Monday afternoon show presented by our friends at Muskox Quality Flannels. If you are looking for comfort today, if you are a Michigan State basketball fan and you could use something warm, something nice, something that makes you feel good about yourself, feel good inside and out, wrap yourself in a comfortable, soft Muskox flannel. They have just Release their new spring uh, offerings. Go to gomuskox.com slash spring to go right to their new collection. And again, you go there to purchase a, a flannel and get $15 off for Couch in the Rube listeners with the promo code HOFF, H-O-F-F. Perhaps this, this would be the day to go back to uh, CAW, the old the old uh, uh, promo code, uh, given the uh, the happenings of Sunday at Breslin Center. Jason, how you doing, brother? Hey man, so cause cause back, yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate it's back. Why do I watch sports? Mm. Are we sure we know why? You're not alone. My heartbroken here. Yeah, this Hallmark movies always end well. And the best thing about Hallmark movies, if you're looking to change out of sports completely, you don't even need to watch the whole thing. After you've watched a few, you get the pace and the pattern. You can watch the first few minutes, get the characters down, and if you watch the last like. 20 to 25 minutes you can see where things unravel and then come back together quickly and you feel good every single time everybody's happy that's all yeah or you can watch that talk crazy i'm not gonna go absolutely <laughs> off the charts here but yeah i or, still love sports but or you can watch tom Izzo bench uh, xavier booker and, and and deal with that side of your life you know so don't coach my team 
I have a feeling there's going to be a couple people coaching Tom's team today. Oh, yeah. Tom's Just getting coached. And you know what? And we'll start here yeah. with my first hot take. He deserves it. He deserves to have his team coach today. Because this was, to me, like the first. There have been other times I've disagreed with Tom's coaching over the years, without question. But this was the first time with Booker and the first time in a while that his decision was really unreasonable, I thought, and it cost them. Like, I understand that that Xavier Booker might not do everything perfectly yet, that there are things he may not do in terms of defending ball screens, and that's an important tenant of Izzo's program. There's no question about it. I remember being at a game in Miami in like 2012 when he tried to play Derek Nix and Adrian Payne together. He might get a theme of two big men and where things go wrong here with Tom Izzo sometimes. And their inability to defend ball screens did not work to the point that Izzo just thought, I, I, I just can't play these guys. Um, Booker has some flaws. He is not a perfect player, but he has taken massive strides this year. And I thought it was it, what made yesterday so much worse in a lot of ways for Izzo and for the program is not that they not only didn't play Xavier Booker for the final 15 minutes after he played 17 of the first 25, but that you thought he had taken, had made enough progress to start. It was like Christmas morning for every MSU basketball fan at the beginning of the game, and by the end, it was like the worst Christmas ever. And I, you thought he made enough progress. You liked the matchup. He played, I thought, well enough. You're up 10, 12 points. And they didn't go back to him once, not in offense, defense situations. not in, There were so many times where it would have made sense. And they went with a two-big-man lineup for a while in the middle of the second half with uh, Jackson Kohler and uh, Carson Cooper with Cohen Carr, who doesn't give you a whole lot offensively in terms of you know shooting or you know ball handling or anything like that or creating himself. And that lineup, you could just see things start to stagnate. And you could see where things went south. And Ohio State got its mojo a little bit. Michigan State lost his. And from then, they were in a fight. And then he felt most comfortable with Sissoko out there. And I didn't think Mati played poorly for Mati Sissoko. But people are mad at Mati. People shouldn't be mad at Mati Sissoko today. I thought he played one of his better games in a while. He shouldn't have been out there the whole time. I'm not saying he shouldn't have played. But when, when your offense gets stagnant, the guy who is your somewhere between your second and third best shooter on the team, who's 6'11 with a 7'4 wingspan, who gets his hands on a lot of stuff, who rescues plays when they go wrong. We saw it with Jade Nakins when he had a he was going to the, the hole in the first half and lost the ball, and long arms, Xavier Booker just grabbed it and put it in the rim, a play that none of the other big men would have made. Two points they don't get if anybody else is on the floor. And shortly after that, I see a conversation between Akins and Hogard where they're saying, and I think they were talking about Booker, something to the effect of this is what I'm talking about, like the idea that this is what he provides them. After the game, I talked to my Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogard about Booker and what he brings them. And it's defensively, yeah, the arms are everywhere. I'm not saying he is an automatic win defensively because there are times where he comes over and you know tries to block a shot and doesn't box out. Or he, If you were just to do a who's the – best defensive impact on Michigan State. I'm not saying it's Booker yet. But the other guys aren't so much better than him. There's no Xavier Tillman on this team. 
to the point that you're you know that it, that it doesn't make sense to get what he gives you offensively and he does make a difference in certain ways defensively and offensively what those guy the guy said what those guards said is the way he spreads the floor and he forces big men to come out and get him it creates all sorts of lanes for them it creates more opportunities for them it spaces the floor differently and when you have a stagnant offense and shooters who are struggling to never go back to that for 15 minutes made zero sense and you know coaches do this sometimes where they they overthink or underthink they get stubborn on certain things i think you know what he was most worried about he's worried about all these little things that booker doesn't do but he does some things really well too and there are lots of little things that Mati sissoko can't do like hang on to an offensive rebound you know like be long enough to get a rebound there are lots of things he can't do and and i just i think when he looks at the film and i certainly hope when he looks at the film he will see the error here because I, I thought they did a great job of realizing Booker was more and more ready. He looked like a very different player than when we saw him in December and in, in early January. He looked more and more comfortable realizing Booker was ready for this moment, realizing he was somebody who could change who your team was a little bit because he's a different type of player. Not in the, All year long, we think he's playing the four. They bring him in as the starting five. It works. And they're not playing – I mean, the – uh, Tyson Walker and uh, wasn't hitting shots, and Jay Nakins wasn't hitting shots, and if those guys hit shots, it wouldn't have mattered in the sense they would have won the game. But they would have won this game anyway if they had simply played Xavier Booker five of the final ten minutes. They would have won this game with all the other things that went wrong. But you said two of the players actually told you that Booker, you know, he's looking better. You're saying Booker should have played more. So what's Tom Izzo's excuse for not playing Booker? I know that he's it was a good matchup for Booker, at the beginning because of Ohio State's bigs, but, you know, what's the explanation? Yeah, his explanation was just that um, there were they were running guys through ball screens and through things that Booker, they didn't think could cover as well as some of their other bigs. And in a world where you have enough offense and enough shooting and one clear big man, all that stuff makes sense. In Xavier Tillman's world as your big man, even if Booker gives you some things offensively that Tillman doesn't, that all makes sense because that guy could cover a ball screen like crazy. And you had enough. And if your offense was rolling. And look, if if they had gone away from Booker and the game had stayed in their favor or increased in their favor because of other things, that that, that is fine. But the game state changed without him. And the weird thing is, and I, and I understand your, you know, the, the thing by starting a different guy this late in the year at center is it changes a lot of rotations, and there are some things they're going to have to figure out. But they should know by now that the only two big lineups that really work for you are when Booker is one of them. And ideally, Booker and Kohler, that to me has been at times the best two big lineup that we've seen in short bits. And so then when you had Kohler out there with with Cooper, it it really, it it just didn't work. And uh, John Beeline said it on Big Ten Network that they, you know, you can be too big. It's something that Izzo has, I think, at times struggled with in his career in terms of playing time and and wanting to be a better rebounding team and lots of reasons for doing it. But if you go back to another team that I think underachieved its abilities, 2017-18, team that won 30 games that he still thinks should have won a national title more than other teams that I think should have that he's had. Miles Bridges' sophomore year, when because of the injuries the year before to Gavin Schilling and Ben Carter and those guys came back, he played 
too many bigs all the time. He had Tillman, Nick Ward. He had those two guys. He moved um, Miles Bridges down to the wing when he was a better four in college. The ball was too often in his hands and not in Cassius Winston's. And that team, 30 wins, very good team. Didn't maximize who it was. Uh, Jaron Jackson was on that team. I mean, that team was loaded with big men, almost too many big guys. And now he's got a situation where he doesn't have um, great big men, but he's got a lot of them that don't separate themselves, and he's trying to figure out how to get them all on the floor. And he wants to be a better rebounding team, I think. And so he's still trying to figure it out. Um, I just think it. this was a decision in the second half that just made no sense. And there were lots of other reasons they lose this game. They lost this game because a vet, a group of veterans, you know, three 23-year-olds in the starting lineup and a guy who turned 21 yesterday as a junior didn't, couldn't do enough late. Like, they just didn't, they didn't have enough. just wasn't enough to them. And Tyson Walker had an awful shooting day. He didn't look great. But you can help them when the offense is doing nothing by ha- when you score seven points in the final 11 minutes and you've got a guy who helps your offense sitting on the bench who started the game. It's not like this was even two weeks ago where we hadn't seen much of him, and that suggestion would have seemed, why not? don't you go to, to Booker, and there would have been an argument, well, he wasn't ready, and everybody said, okay, well, maybe he's not. It, it sucks for the 24-7 ratings and rivals, people who said you know he was more f- further along, but nonetheless, he's not ready. That is what it is. He was ready. We all saw it with our own eyes. We saw them be a better basketball team with Xavier Booker than they were without him. And while individually he may not do some things, they were better with him. They would have won the game if he had played some late, I truly believe. And I will be curious, and, and, and Izzo's you know, going to be defensive about this, I think, but when Izzo has his press conference this week, I'm guessing Tuesday or whenever, I, I will be curious to see when he watches the tape if he can acknowledge that. Can, he talks about taking some accountability. And if he does, like this doesn't have to be the end of everything. Like this can still be a launching point where you have found something that invigorates your season, that changes who you are, that gives you a better chance. The problem is you did it at the expense by not by losing this game at Ohio State. The odds that you're going to be anything better than an eight seed right now are really slim. And because of that, the road, even if you find something, is going to be really hard. Um, and right now I don't think a lot of people have faith that they're going to find that road. And part of it's not just the roster shortcomings, but it is now also Izzo's decisions on who to play because what seemed obvious to him was not. But you really think that he'll, he'll get offensive on the, the Booker topic, though? Because I don't think Tom should be defensive about that. Because everybody's calling it out, right? Everybody knows. Anybody that knows ball is saying that Booker should have played more. So we had, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It, you know, the, the thing that was interesting, too, is so in the postgame press conference, you get a game that ends on a last-second shot that Michigan State once led and then lose. You want to talk about a quick-takes disaster for me. I mean, it was just, holy. That, yeah, that's right. I am. Yeah, it's it a recipe for disaster. It was a mess. And so I hadn't even finished them. Early in the press conference, you know, the Ohio State coach is talking, and, um, you know, even he said without Booker, it got easier to throw the ball in there, and that's partly because Booker's long arms are, are everywhere, right? He gets in the way of things. Um, and then Izzo's talking. I'm, I, I was trying to pay attention to him and and finish the quick takes because one of those nightmares of, of a day. And so I had a sense of really what I thought. But it wasn't until I went back and watched the game again late last night 
and was updating the quick takes and putting some reaction there and further analysis. Crushing some tape last night? That, that, well, that I felt even more, like I, it was worse than I thought. Like that mid-second half lineup just crippled them. And, you know, yeah, maybe Tyson Walker should hit some open shots and maybe the the guard should be better to deal with it. But it, it, you're, right now you cannot play Cohen Carr, Carson Cooper, and a big man and another center. So go. Yeah, and, and, and it was Kohler was the in there. And, and Kohler does give you some other things offensively around two guards and who aren't hitting shots. And it just it was it was it was a mess. Uh, uh, and, and yeah. So anyway, that is that is we're going to get into a lot of this today. Oh, but, I'm sure. But that is my first hot take. What is yours? I'm sure that there's a lot of takes that are saying that Izzo's washed or Izzo should retire. But I don't, I don't know if I'm there. And there's a name that you haven't really mentioned yet, Graham, and that's A.J. Hogard. I mean, if you look at his stats from the last five games, I mean, yeah, he had 15 against Iowa, but he's been shooting poorly from the field. I just, where, where is the accountability for Hogard? I don't want to absolve Tom from any of the blame. He deserves, what is that? Ooh. He deserves most of the blame. Yeah. Oh, sorry. He deserves most of the blame because, like you just mentioned, the Sissoko car. Uh, Cooper lineup. I mean, is that a big F you to the fans? Like, what is the explanation for that? You're telling me it's not working with Booker, but you're going to trot that lineup out like that? I just, but when you look at the the game manager on the floor, I want to see Izzo next year with Jeremy Fears Jr. That's who I want to see. Because I just don't think, I think he's really disappointed in Hogard, and there's no coming back from it sometimes when a coach is so disappointed in a leader that's supposed to be your leader. I, I, you have to think that Izzo would believe that AJ would be in a different position at this point in his career in a in a year like this at the end of February. Yeah, and you know, I didn't think Hogarth. I just saw, I'm not. I can't jump aboard the fire, Tom Izzo. No, uh, he's washed. Get rid of him. I I just can't do it. No, and that's 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 fair. I I think because I think there's first of all he still hasn't missed a tournament yet, and there is um, while he well, is, maybe he should. Well, and there's some arguments about that coming in the uh, hot takes. Might we'll be hanging out with Chad Latz, my friend. <laughs> I very well. I'll be <laughs> Chad Latz's personal chauffeur for the next six months based on us. Uh, so we have something going for us. Yeah, so you got that. Yeah. We'll have to video that. That'll be fun. That'll be good for all of us. Um, but, I, but I just noticed you didn't mention AJ's name in there. and I just, I've been disappointed by him, but also, you know, because I, I don't know how many assists you want him to average a game, but when you see is it, the stat line is just kind of – and then, you know – wearing your emotions on on your sleeve like that you see kind of like a give up kind of attitude from him sometimes well and here's the thing i didn't think he was that bad i thought that the, when you have guys when you have akins and uh walker going to combine six for 24 shooting there are not a lot of assists to be had. But I'm talking about mentally. When you're getting your guys on the sideline during a timeout, when you're blowing a lead to fucking Ohio State at home, there's no you doubt. grab guys by the jersey. That's what I'm talking there's about. There's no it's doubt. It's not by in the, the stat line. By the throat. <clears throat> excuse me. I just, Jesus. <laughs> I just lost my own. <laughs> excuse me. Um, I forgot to do my uh, my voice exercises. Um, Coach my team. <laughs> the, uh, but, yeah, right. I think Izzo, want, Izzo said after the game, you know, some guys have to make some decisions here. Right. And he's not wrong in that sense. Like, there is a – you know, you should be able to beat a team that's lost 11 straight road games. I don't care if they're more talented than, than their record. I don't care if they just beat Purdue in what was a home game. We're talking about resting Tyson Walker in that game uh, yesterday. Yeah, and so but you ought to be able to beat that team even with Mati Sissoko on the floor. 
you ought to be able to maintain a lead. You ought to be able to keep some level of offense. Even if your coaches put a couple uh, big men on the floor that doesn't help you in a while, you ought to be able to maintain to a degree. And what you need is that grab your teammates by the throat and let's go. Right. And that was des- lacking. And that's that's an issue for this team. It's something that I don't think this team has. Do they have a leader? Is well, there a leader on this team? They they yeah Yes, and, and unfortunately it's probably Davis Smith. Um <laughs> Who doesn't? He's their best leader, and and then they have well, guys who lead in different ways. I think Malik Hall leads in different way in, in certain ways, and but they don't have what I think fears could become. They don't have even what I think Trey Holloman will eventually be, and I think Trey Holloman is in a spot right now where, you know, and he didn't play that well yesterday. Although I thought, you know, g- getting yelled at for a not great shot when there's not a whole lot else going offensively. I don't know what else was is expected, but. Um, I think when he becomes an upperclassman, he will be a pretty good leader. I think there's good leadership coming on this roster. I just think they're in this in-between zone where the, the veterans aren't great at. They've got some really good attributes. They've got the capability to you know, beat great teams on a given day. And, um, and I, you know, I still think this team, because of what we just saw with Booker, because of what we've seen at moments with them, can can win a one eight game if they get the right matchup and all that stuff, but I think when you see the coach and the coaching staff not seem to react to what's happening on the floor, the same way everybody else is seeing it. And I understand coaches see things that we don't see. I hundred percent get that. Um, but and I understand there are probably things that Booker could have done uh, that that he didn't, and there are probably and I, but I, and plus minus itself. Everybody's bringing up plus-minus stats today. Plus-minus is a flawed stat in a single game because it also depends on who you're on the floor with. And so that's not everything. All of that said, every eye test in the world saw that they were a better team with Xavier Booker out there or a better team in the first half. It didn't mean, you know, again, they needed something, if for no other reason, to reopen the offense, to change who they were after the offense stagnated, and they didn't go to it. And I think that was what was uh, what was most concerning. You want my second hot take? Yeah, man. I think they ought to start Xavier Booker against Zach Eady at Purdue. And I, yeah, but Izzo so worried about his confidence going into certain games. This will be the Jeez. test to me for Izzo because the Izzo I know, the old school Izzo, will not do what I'm about to suggest. He'll think this is not a good matchup. Zach Eady versus Xavier Booker is not a great matchup. And you know what? It's not ideal. There's I'll no question. Team. But it is not ideal for anyone of uh, of MSU's bigs. Mati Sissoko against Zach Eady? I'm taking Zach Eady. Carson Cooper, Zach Eady? Zach Eady. Jackson Kohler, Zach Eady? Give me Zach Eady. Any two of them on Zach Eady? Give me Zach Eady. So what you want is somebody who causes Zach Eady problems. And the only one of those guys that can pull Zach Eady away from the rim or make Purdue change their defense quite a bit is um, Xavier Booker. So if you play Xavier Booker, and I'm not saying you know you don't want to get beat up. He's going to foul, get in foul trouble, obviously. against. He's very likely to get in foul trouble against uh, Zach Eady. But he does have the length, at least, to react to shots. And he is going to force Purdue to deal with him at the three-point line. And when you play him with Malik Hall, who's shooting at an okay clip, even though teams sort of you know, leave him sometimes, it, it's going to force them to make choices. 
and maybe pull Edie away from the basket. When you talk about spacing and driving lanes, as Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogar did, and, and you're trying to be something that gives Purdue problems, because just counting per, countering Purdue's strengths as best you can and holding up is not going to beat Purdue. Purdue's better than you are. You've got to find a way to be something different, and you've got some guards that defensively, I think, can, can hold their own there and, and, and on both ends of the court. You know, you've got to find a way to counter Edie, and you've got something new, something new that is sort of ready. Is he ready to counter Zach Edie? Probably not, but you're going down to Mackey Arena, and, and why not see what he has? And so, to me, I think the bold move, the right move here would be to start and play, you know, 20 minutes of Xavier Booker and see what that does to Purdue. What percent chance do you give that? 12. 12%? 12%. I'm yeah, putting on 12. That's, that's a little high for me. But, yeah, because, I mean, Izzo, I mean, was he going to really, after the post-game presser against Ohio State, saying, I, yeah, we've gone over a lot of film with Booker. I just didn't think that he was ready for certain. And then all of a sudden we're at Mackey. Start. Here you go. Zach Eady. Like, it, I just don't see him doing that. And it's such a, yeah. It's the one season's of those, been so bizarre, so maybe the, he would. You just lost two games that were costly that you were supposed to win. That, that you were sort of counting on the win column. When I said Michigan State wasn't a bubble team, I was counting on them beating Iowa and Ohio State, at least one of them, right? And so now you're going to a game where you got nothing really to lose. Nobody expects you to win it. If you don't win it, don't win it. It's certainly not going to do you any any worse than you are. If you win it, it's a, you know, obviously the bubble's over. You've got a chance again to talk yourself into like a sixth seed by the time then. It'd be the best win in college basketball maybe this year if you were to win it now. Give yourself a chance at it because you also learn a little bit about Booker and how he handles that environment. If he doesn't handle it well, then then you you, you got guys you can sub to. Booker was handling it well the other day. If he wasn't, then you you you, you do something different, and and it might not go well, and it might be something you have to go away from. You're going to need to win two more games if you're Michigan State to make the NCAA tournament, and. It doesn't really matter, I don't think. And, and maybe you can do it with one. I, their, their metrics are better than people think. All this talk that, that they, they're in really bad shape is still uh, a little bit of hogwash. That said, they just lost two games in which they were 10-point favorites. So trusting them to beat Northwestern next week at home on a senior day that's going to have some weird vibes. Yeah. And then win at Indiana against an Indiana team that's a mess, but it's still on the road in Bloomington. I, it's hard to trust those two things happening. And if you only win one, I do think you you probably are going to want to win one game at least in the Big Ten tournament to have it. But from everything I everybody I've talked to and everything I know, I think that would do it. And you're going to play on Thursday now anyway. So, but there is still a chance now. This team has done the impossible, um, or what I thought was almost impossible, that they a team could miss the tournament. And, and this team deserves to miss the tournament. And they're any, not and they're not team. even a bubble team talent wise. Like they should never miss the tournament. And they weren't a bubble team, by the way, when people were claiming they were a bubble team, like bracketologists and such. So don't buy into that shit either. They had to do the unexpected to become a bubble team. They were not a bubble team. Don't give people credit for that. That was bullshit. Um but you know, you know how I feel about that anyway. What is your uh, what is your next talk? Well, let's talk about it, Graham. The court storming uh incident, Wake Forest. The Wake Forest fans. Stor- what is is that? that you or me? I think it's you. Is it me? I don't know. It's uh, maybe it is me. I don't know. But anyway, the Wake Forest fans storm the court, which I which kind of annoys me anyway. Storming the court, it kind of makes you seem like, I guess, beating Duke at home is that a big deal? This Duke beating this Duke team, but I just I just despise when 
you see every talking head now giving their opinion on the court storming thing. Like, how many injuries have we had due to the court storming thing? Now, Filipowski gets hurt. Now we have to change the rules. Caitlin Clark flops and flails around, you know, against Ohio State, and she got hit in the court storming incident there. Was she hurt? That hurt? I just, I don't know why you, how are you going to cancel it, by the way? I, I've heard, oh, like, oh we're going to arrest everyone that goes on no, the court. It's, it's really really, how many police officers are at these games? Four? They're going to sit there and start nabbing people and taking them to, to jail? and Court stormings, I, I mean, I, I think they are one of the most, um, one of the best things that can happen to your program to me is somebody else storms the court after they beat you because that says the, best things about you like to me Michigan State basketball had truly arrived in 2001 when Indiana Indiana which back then was really still Indiana in a lot of ways stormed the court after beating number one ranked Michigan State right that's like Indiana the Hoosiers a blue blood stormed the court after beating Tom Izzo's you know plucky little program that just won a national title but you know what I mean I, so I've always liked court stormings in that sense. I do get from Duke's perspective, what, 17 times this year, which is a joke because they've only lost a couple of games, but that it happens more often, that it is dangerous. Um, I, what you see with all these columns, this is why, again, I talk about the relevance of national writers sometimes. Everybody, you know, they don't have anything to write about. They don't have a team. There's a court storming. I got a column for tomorrow, right? It's that's just well, what it's happens. It's like Jay Billis. He's going yeah. on Sports Center. It's like- what happens. Pick a team, cover a team, you know, be relevant. But the. Um, Beyond beyond that, um, I think the easy way to get rid of it is you forfeit the game if people storm the court. If you do that, people will stop. People will stop. I would like to see that. I I don't know that we're that far away from it, yeah. and that's the easiest way. If you knew your team forfeits, you storm it. And what? So what are players going to go tackle people if they start running on the court? We don't want to lose, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but, but that would do like it. a lot of people in one area that you just what what can you do about it sometimes. Yeah, no, it's it. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a good question, but I think forf- forfeiture would would do it. <laughs> wow, my uh, my third hot take: Michigan State hockey is playing <clears throat> for a Big Ten championship this Sunday. Or, sorry, this Friday and Saturday at Wisconsin, and you will probably not see it because it is on Big Ten Plus. Big Ten Plus is ass. The Big Ten has got to learn from this and start treating hockey not like a second-class sport because it's, it, it's, there's an easy fix. Make Big Ten hockey all on Peacock. Every game is on Peacock. Every hockey fan knows I am going, I'm going to have Peacock. I get all the games, and that would be one great way for that streaming service, for that niche audience, just sort of like MLS on Apple. It's all there. And every game would be there, and you wouldn't run into this situation. Because what has happened, and from my understanding, and I'm going to do a column on this this week, uh, it, they're stuck. They can't switch the Minnesota-Michigan game to Big Ten Plus, and, which is on Big Ten Network, and put the Michigan State-Wisconsin uh, series. And it has everything to do, I think, with building usage. The games are at Wisconsin, which has a men's basketball game earlier that day, a win, uh, earlier uh, Saturday, sorry. And so they have to switch the, the building over, and that locks them into certain time periods. Sunday, there's an MSU women's basketball game at Wisconsin. They use the same building. And because of this, there are some, some issues there. Um, I think there are some things they can do this week. I think they ought to make Big Ten Plus free for the week. I think they ought to send a professional uh, camera crew 
there, so it's not like a student production. I think they ought to do their that best. That costs money, though. They're, well, you know, do your best to make amends for what you've screwed up. You have the it's, – it's not just one team playing for the title. It is the conference title being decided by the two teams playing each other over two games. And especially that first game, Michigan State wins. That would that would ultimately decide it. That they're you know they've got to look for ways to fix this. What you do have to understand is they know like hockey does not rate that well. College hockey does not rate that well. It does not rate as well as Big Ten volleyball for them. Um, in some corners, not as well as Big Ten wrestling. And that's something they've discovered over time. And that's why you've not seen the the hockey package that I think we all thought would exist ten years ago when Big Ten hockey began. And part of that, and I had a conversation with somebody who brought this up this week, and I hadn't thought of this. There are only six, seven, if you count Notre Dame, Big Ten hockey teams. So you don't even get the residual effect of a, a whole league where, like with Big Ten volleyball, everybody's got a team. So if you, if you follow Big Ten volleyball, you know, and you're at Penn State or Michigan State and Nebraska's playing Wisconsin, you may watch that game because you, you're in that culture. A lot of these schools don't even have hockey. So they just don't care. So you're not even getting that audience at all. And so it lessens the audience, which which doesn't do as well. But but they've screwed this up. They need to fix it. And uh, they need to fix it long term and short term. And there are a couple ways to do that. And, and I'm going to get into that do later. Do you think this they week. will? Well, I'm going to start putting some pressure on them. I don't know if that'll be enough. I don't know. It, you know, If they don't, I'll keep hammering them for it. Because you know what's the right thing to do and what makes sense to, if you say you care about your student athletes and your fans, then this is what you do. This isn't like, if you don't do it, then you don't care. And that's a statement you're sending as well. So I I do think they will try to remedy it to some degree to which they can to be more flexible in future years. Um, and, uh, and, And maybe that's not scheduling the last series of the year to be in buildings that are multi-use like like Wisconsin is. Uh, if it was at Munn, this isn't an issue, right? At Munn, you find, okay, where's the where's the TV slot that, that works? That's the time we'll move the game to, right? As it is, Michigan State's hockey game on Saturday if, is right up against Michigan State basketball against Purdue. It sucks. You can't even watch both at the same time. It, the whole thing is, is, is crap. Anyway, uh, that is something to get into, but just be aware that is not going to change from my, from my understanding this week. All right. I like golf, right? I'm an old guy, so I know some things are outside of what I understand, especially with social media and all that. But Tiger Woods' kid, Charlie, he played in a PGA qualifier. The kid's 13 years old. Getty Images was there to take 70-plus pictures. Now, the PGA Tour sent a Getty photographer. Now, there was other people, by the way, these public psychos that go watch Charlie Woods play in this event, ask him for autographs, ask him to sign his dad's, like, book and all this crazy shit. Like, what are with these people? These people, uh, you know, we want to talk about arresting people. These people that just go to places and think that they can just do whatever they would like because they're, they're them. Those people need to get arrested, not court stormers. People that go to events and ask Charlie Woods for, like, a shoe or something. It's just ridiculous. And it's just like, I understand he's Tiger Woods' kid. He's going to get a lot of press. But do we need to see him walk, to like, in the parking lot uh, to the clubhouse? Do I need to see that? Are we in, like, golf is one of those sports that it's just, you're, you are up those players' noses. Like, they have an earpiece in while they're on the course, which I despise, by the way. Let these guys play on the course. I could give a shit what they're walking down the fairway and going to say, 
right? I'd rather see them play golf. Well, I don't need to hear from them. Was he 13? He's 13, yeah. 13, but I'm just talking about young, the PGA yeah. Tour. It's yeah. just like you're in the – if you're a player, we're in your face constantly throughout four days of a tournament. It's just wild to me. But it just kind of – I was like, man, do we really need to see this much of Charlie Woods? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I get the – I don't know, fascination's too big a word, but I, well, I, I, get, get I, get, I get the interest in him. I get it. We want him to be a Tiger 2.0 and they're so we can out. relive those 100%. dreams. And right? they're, they're putting him out there, so there's going to be some of that. But we also have to understand when, when people are still children and you know behave like an adult, give people space. And also, I think, you know, as a business, as an, an industry, you've got to moderate, you know, or, um, or moderate is the wrong word, do coverage in moderation. You have to understand that, you know, not just don't squeeze the life of, of, of the page view and, and ratings life out of every, you know, kid before this, you know, take the fun out of it already. Take the all the intrigue. Don't Freddie do this. We do, we do this all the time. This isn't new. We did this in soccer. Every prodigy is interesting to us, and uh, it's not going to change, but it's just that's. Um, and I think the kid can handle it because he's played in scenarios especially with the pnc with his father where obviously everybody is watching but it just seems like the parking lot stuff with a 13 year old this is kind of wild yeah 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 no, well um yeah no not a fan of it i don't think it's going to change man i'm sorry to uh sorry <laughs> yeah sorry sorry to tell you i figured uh we are going to take a really quick break uh when we come back uh we will uh we will get into uh your hot takes and um I think you know where this is going, but it's going to be a really good discussion, oh. I think, on, on Michigan State basketball uh, over the next bit of time here. Uh, Couch in the Rube, our Monday afternoon show presented by our friends at Muskox Quality Flannels. Firekeepers Online Casino and Sportsbook is the site to play from your phone, tablet, or laptop. Get in on all the football action with pre- and in-game wagering. There's showdowns every week in football that you can't miss, plus the college and pro hoops are red hot and the pucks are cool. Get your first casino deposit and sports wager matched up to $500 each. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and located in Michigan. Gambling problem? Call the Michigan Problem Gambling Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. Where else can you cheer on your team, enjoy a mouth-watering burger or savory sushi, sip on handcrafted cocktails, or one of 46 beers on tap? Take your game day or date night to Caskin Company Kitchen Bar or Front 43 Neighborhood Pub near Frandor. Two amazing places with one awesome blended modern American-Asian menu. Catch the game on one of 30, 60-inch TVs or stop in for the all-you-can-eat lunch buffet. Enjoy happy hour or elevate your night out at Caskin Company or Front 43 on East Saginaw in Lansing. Ever wonder how comfortable you can be and how good you can look? Put on a muskox flannel and find out. Muskox has new arrivals for this fall, including the Caper Green Grand Flannel, which even makes couch look good. Muskox is a Detroit-based flannel company that creates soft and durable flannels made to last a lifetime. They become a great partner with Couch in the Rube, not just because they make us look good and feel good, but because they're good people too and a socially conscious company. For every $100 purchase, $10 is donated to the Alaska Wildlife Conservation. Muskox flannels are designed with 100% cotton that is ethically sourced and double brushed for softness. Feel the quality and comfort of a Muskox flannel by ordering at GoMuskox.com, where Couch and the Rube listeners can enjoy $15 off their flannel purchase with the promo code HAW. Christmas is almost here, and jewelry. 
Come enjoy irresistible, award-winning, handcrafted donuts and locally roasted coffee at Groovy Donuts. Surprise your family or coworkers with special holiday designs and flavors, or put the perfect finishing touch on an event with a custom order. Birthdays, weddings, gender reveals, our friends at Groovy Donuts are your answer. Experience the Groovy Donuts difference for yourself on Lake Lansing Road in East Lansing or in Williamston. Get more information or place an order at GroovyDonuts.com. Find Couch in the Room podcasts on Spreaker, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and the Rube's favorite podcast addict. Couch in the Rube, our Monday afternoon show brought to you by our friends at Muskox Quality Flannels. Visit gomuskox.com slash spring for their latest spring offerings. And, of course, the Couch in the Roo promo code HOFF, H-O-F-F, for $15 off your flannel purchase. Uh, as we dig into your hot takes, we're going to begin with the leader and CEO and founder uh, of Muskox, Brad Hoos, a former, uh, well, I guess you're never a former Spartan, I've been told, an MSU grad. Uh, somebody who's probably is annoyed today is is many of you. Brad, how you doing? Graham, I'm doing great, thanks. You know, we, we've we've had uh, some positives with Muskox, back to back best overall flannel. So we're we're still happy. We're still happy at Muskox. You know, we're, uh, everything is good. Well, this is two years in a row that Gear Junkie rated you the best overall flannel out there. So people should know that. Like, it's not just us. It, it, it's 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 everybody like this. People who who rate flannels, who spend their days comparing flannels, have, have basically said that Muskox is it, right? That, one of that's one. That's right. Yeah. And those two people are not Jason and Graham either. That's probably <laughs> worth noting, right? Yeah. We do not work for Gear Junkie. Yes, that is uh, <laughs> that is that is true. So yeah, no, we we. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, what uh, let's uh, let's dig in a little on your uh, your three hot takes. All right, well, I, I went with a back-to-back themes, right? That's all we can think about right now is back-to-back championships. So these are all back-to-back, so got got some constraints. Well, the, the first one, we'll get the negative out of the way. We all feel it. I, I went back because I thought I was going to have a more measured take. I looked at every single season where we had two consecutive losses, and I'm convinced this is the worst back-to-back losses of the Izzo era. So, I mean, last year we lost at Notre Dame and then against Northwestern. But that was in December, you know, not, not so bad. And 21-22, lost to an average Ohio State team in, in March. And we lost to Michigan by 17, which, which you know, stings. Going back to 06, we lost to the Big Ten tournament team to an average Iowa team. But they won the Big Ten tournament. We lost to George Mason in the first round of the NCAA tournament. But they went to a Final Four. So, I, I think this is the worst back-to-back losses of the Tom Izzo era. So that's, that's my first hot take. Um, second one, turn a corner on positivity here. Uh, I, I like back-to-back wins in Madison this weekend for the Spartan hockey team. So I, I feel a sweep coming on in, in Madison. And my, my third hot take, and this is, this is one of the interesting you and Jason's take too, is of, of the four big programs at, at MSU, so football, women and men's basketball, hockey, I think the next team to win back-to-back Big Ten championship teams is going to be Robin Freilich's 
women's basketball team. I mean, hockey's got it going on. Obviously, I said that in number two, but they're going to be the hunted next year. And I think back-to-back Big Ten championships, I think the next of those four is, is going to happen with, with Robin's squad. Well, and, and Robin Freilich definitely has the pedigree based on what she did at Ashland and what she was building at Bowling Green. What's going to be interesting for her is she's, I think, um, maximizing to the nth degree this Michigan State roster, and that's all you can ask, right? They're, they're playing an exciting brand of basketball. She's getting the most out of them, and they have some pretty talented players. They don't have enough size, really, I don't think, to make a great run. But after this year, they lose the bulk of that roster, and it'll be about how she can recruit and develop and all that stuff. So it, I will warn people, though, that while I think – I wouldn't uh, poo-poo that take because I think there's a chance that she's – I think she was a great hire, and I think there's a chance – Michigan State basketball is really good under her. I don't think it'll happen next year. Like, I think there's a pretty good chance they're not a tournament team next year. They have D.D. Hageman back. They might have a couple, but that's not a lot. There's not a lot uh, not a lot coming back, and, and they, they might take a step back um, for a moment. In terms of the worst loss, that that's interesting. And, and people are feeling it today, feeling it's like the worst loss, the worst back-to-back losses. Um, I... And I'm sure there are others that have felt this way. But first of all, it's two teams you were at home, 10-point favorite against. So that puts it out right there. Two teams that aren't expected to be in the NCAA tournament. Iowa still got a chance to do enough to finish and get there, which makes that a little different. Um, but you might be right. And the fact that it's this late in the year after and many of Izzo's seasons that have been struggles at times have turned, uh, you know, the, the March run has sort of began. And you're talking February 25th. Um, and then the dynamic that you start with so much hope and so much energy with Xavier Booker starting, <laughs> and then you lose in part because you don't play him down the stretch. Like you finally played him, and it worked, and you started him, and the world was ready to jump on board. Like if they had won that game, if he puts Booker back in with eight minutes to go, and plays him five of the final eight minutes, and they win by seven to ten points. Tom Izzo today can do no wrong. He's found it again. Way to bring that guy along. I guess he knows what he's doing. Look at this now. Now they have a center that can help them at least you know, spread the floor a little bit, and he's a young guy, so you may take their lumps, but is there a chance there's something more than, than, than we realized before? The whole narrative is different. And, and, and what, you know, I mean, we're going to get into a lot of listener hot takes in a bit here and it's going to be, there's a lot of, a lot of doubting Izzo, but, but I understand because it looks so obvious, right? When you're watching that yesterday, Brad, does it look obvious to you that what Booker gave them early is something he could have helped that could have helped late? No, <laughs> I'm contrarian though, Graham. Okay. I'm a contrarian. I, I, I feel like, and I, I need to look at the stats, but I felt like Ohio State was just dominating on the offensive boards when, when Booker was, was in there. I, okay. He brought a lot to the table, and it's exciting. But he's he's ultimately not a big man in, in a lot of ways, right? Like he's, he's, still, not, he, he's still not after defending the, the, pick and, the pick and roll. He can certainly block shots, but he's, he's young and does what shot blockers do, sometimes can get out of position to try to block a shot. And when that doesn't happen, that opens the door wide open for, for offensive rebounding for, for Ohio State. So I, I'm encouraged by Booker, but, but at the end of the day, I understand why uh, he, he might not have gotten the playing time down, down the stretch. But I think, that's, I think that's an opinion that's not shared by the majority of Michigan State fans. Not shared, not shared. Yeah, you, you also, like Muskox, are one of one. 
um, in, 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 in that opinion. But I, re- I respect it. And I do think there's there's something to examine with that uh, because they're, you know, it, it is they were looking for defense and rebounding at the end, and I understood that from Izzo. The problem was their offense had just stopped scoring. And I think they needed to, you know, if if it had truly, if their offense hadn't stopped scoring and Sissoko's giving you defense and rebounding because I didn't think he played all that poorly himself for his level, um, then then it, then it makes some sense. But the problem is you just seven points in 11 minutes. You, you needed something else. You needed to infuse some level of offense. And I think um, for all that uh, that Xavier Booker may lack right now, that's something he might have been able to provide and at least was was certainly worth uh worth a look brad i appreciate you we appreciate muskox um and uh you know as we tell people this is an awesome time of year for a muskox flannel when the weather's turning you don't even need a coat over it you know you're just outside you know feeling like a spring guy looking good in the muskox flannels again go muskox.com slash spring for their spring offerings we will talk to you soon my friend all right thank you appreciate it take care now it's brad brad who's ceo of Muskox quality flannels. Jason, are you ready to dig into these other hot, yeah. hot takes? Yeah, I hope so. Uh, let me see. Check one, two. Yeah, that works. Uh, Eric Schultz up first. It's no longer an overreaction, nor is it controversial to say the following. Tom Izzo should not be the head coach of the MSU basketball program. Will the next guy be better? Probably not. But since 2020, we've been shown again and again that Tom has lost his ability to do this. Yeah, I still think it's an overreaction. I disagree with that. Um, I don't think it's an overreaction to say what happened Sunday is, was sort of concerning. Um, and, you know, I I am looking forward to his press conference this week because I do think there needs to be a little bit of a conversation about what they saw and what they saw when they watched the film. And if they're standing by this, where they disagree and, and why, and even with guys like, John Beeline, who knows offense and knows hoops, and he knows ball. He knows ball, right? And uh, he he thinks that they've gotten too big there. And, and and Booker is a guy, right? We we've seen it now. We've seen Booker and Kohler together. Booker with other guys, it just kind of works offensively. And you do maybe give up occasional things on defense, but I also think there are a lot of things he gets his hands on to make up for it. Um, but I I still think it's an overreaction to say he should not be the the head coach of MSU's basketball program. Um, I mean, is Izzo playing uh, Booker with kid gloves? I mean, it just seems like what I mean. No, he started running out. Of, I know, but yeah. we're running out of time. You know, it's like earlier in the season, it's like oh, Book needs time. Halfway through, ah, Book needs time. You know, it's just like yeah, it, it felt like an he illog- knows how to play basketball, right? It felt like just an illogical wrong decision that was you know. And again, Brad saw it differently, and and uh, I, I think Brad's flannels are better than his his, his take on this. But um, I I I don't. I'm not willing to go there yet. I mean, I remember the end of the D'Antonio era, and there's going to be some comparisons to that here a little bit too. And I'm not saying that that Izzo isn't frustratingly stubborn, but I also think the future of MSU basketball after Izzo is so uncertain and um, that I don't think it's a, a likely win if you had somebody else in charge next year, partly because I don't think you'd have much of this roster too. Not only would you lose Izzo, if he was gone, but I don't, my guess is you don't have Jeremy fears. My guess is you don't have Xavier Booker. So just picture a blank slate and, and becoming what a lot of college basketball is now, which is who can you recruit and how much NIL can you afford and putting together a, a different roster every year. That's usually got a hole because it's hard to construct an actual roster in this day and age, because you're not really, 
the next coach is going to have trouble building it like Izzo did, in other words, I think, in terms of mostly freshmen, um, you know, growing up in the program. I, I think you're going to get years where there are six or seven transfers, and it just it doesn't feel I, – I think you're going to enjoy it less, even though you're probably never enjoyed much less than you did uh, Sunday's game. Dominic next, number one, hi. My take was going to be how hilarious it was last week when you said I should be friends with a guy who replied the, uh, the following to me. Holy fuck, you are dumber than a pile of pig shit. But we're past that now. Hey, Graham, you ready? Tom Izzo is fucking washed. Screenshot it, print it, fax it. Call me dumber than a pile of pig shit. I don't give a fucking fuck. This dude's brain is straight up lost somewhere in Gene Cady's diaper and listening to him drone on in these pressers with the recycled bullshit is unbearable. Bonus take. Izzo's wash, bro. Yeah, I, I think it's too early to say that yet, but his performance yesterday, I, I think, was that of a coach who erred in ways that, that I was surprised by. Like, I had an, if I could show you my original uh, hot takes, and I don't, I don't think I still have them because I'm deleting over things and typing over things. But as I'm writing it, when he checked out of the game at 15 minutes to go, I assumed he was coming back in. Right when Booker checked out, they're up 10 points, and so I've got this whole lead on Booker, and you know, playing into the Christmas morning thing two months later, all this bullshit, right? All this flowery stuff. But how, you know, whether it was too late for you or whether you know this was right on time, whatever it was, they had picked the right moment they had waited till he was ready he was clearly ready and he was able to help and and just how that really you know it it, it showed some things right uh instead I, they went completely the other way um but I, I i'm just not there i'm not with you on the wall if i if i thought he was washed i'm not like afraid of tom Izzo to the point that i wouldn't tell you that I, he's not washed like if i thought he was washed i would tell you he's washed i thought he screwed up yesterday's game i thought he they were as, he was as much a reason they lost that game as Tyson Walker shooting or or you know Mati Sissoko being unable to hang onto the ball. Tom Izzo and his staff deserve a chunk of that too. Uh, as much as much as any game this season that they've lost that's been on the coaches. Yesterday was it. Yesterday was the first game this year when I was quite sure that if I was coaching the team or Jason was coaching the team or Dominic or Eric or any of you were coaching the team. Maybe not Brad, because Brad would have put uh, Matty Sissoko in, apparently. But otherwise, if any of us were coaching the team, that Michigan State would have found a way to win that game. And uh, even some offense for defense stuff, you know, late in the game or whatever it might be, I, I w- just wasn't, wasn't any of that. Well, let me ask you. You said that you would announce if, if Izzo was washed. So what would it take for Izzo to be washed in your mind? I mean, well, another I season of this. Yeah, I don't think it could happen. Kind of this, I don't think it could happen this year because I think there's enough volatility within this roster and enough flaws. You know, we we talked about AJ Hogard all the time. Like I, there are things I like about AJ Hogard. I but AJ Hogard is an imperfect point guard, imperfect vessel to lead this team. Tyson Walker is clearly not 100 percent healthy. The player he, he was at one point. Malik Hall does a lot of good things. He is not a number one on a good roster. You know, uh, Jaden Akins is, is is inconsistent at times, and they don't have a five which is on the coaches. I'm not saying it's not on the coaches. But there's enough flaws on the roster to say there are lots of reasons this team is hard to get the most out of. And when you look at the recruiting they've done and some of the guys in the roster construction 
beyond this year, you know, who do they bring in the offseason, how they use the portal uh, tactfully, and then what they look like in a Jeremy Fears, Booker team. If both those guys are back, I think a lot of people are intrigued. And this may be, you know, I, I will remind people that these same conversations about Izzo is washed were happening in 2013. People were really scared uh, before, you know, they had that great season, but that Tum Tum Nairn and Javon Bess and uh, uh, Alvin Ellis, like this was the future of recruiting, and Izzo was washed, and it would never get better. And he's had several teams that were capable of a national championship since then, and a, you know, had another Final Four run, and, and all uh, two Final Four runs since then. We've we just been here, is all I would say. And again, so it's going to take me a minute to see him not pull himself out of something. I understand this is a little bit longer stretch with one group of not being uh, where people want them to be, but it's going to take, you know, and, and look, I didn't see it with D'Antonio in 2018 the same way, and that's why I wrote the column before the season. Um, by 2019, you could. It's a hard thing to see early. And with a guy like Izzo, you should never presume it before it's happened. Andrew Gautier up next. This is the first time my faith in Coach Izzo is truly shaken. It's absolutely mind-boggling that Sissoko played the last eight minutes. Booker stretching the floor, opening drive lanes, was the driving force of our offense tonight. Why go away from something that was working so well? And bonus, we've gone from getting the most out of our really good teams to leaving a lot of points in the bench of our pretty good team. Graham, can you make the lineups make sense? If Sissoko or Coop were dominating defenders, I'd get it. Well, that's this is where I think what Izzo, where Izzo makes a mistake sometimes is he prioritizes the details of defense over the, the details of offense. And that's who he is in some ways. But with this team, when you have a guy who maybe misses some of the details of defense but is also a – and he's not a great rebounder at this point. But his length and ability allows him to make up for some of that with even if things went a little bit wrong. Um, and again, I'm not saying he had to finish the game. You didn't play in the final 15 minutes. Uh, well, I was there was points in the end where I was watching Sissoko. I thought Sissoko was playing okay, but if, if, and if they had put Booker back in for like five, six minutes of that final 15 minutes, couple stretches or whatever it looked like, this conversation wouldn't be happening today. The loss would have been if they did. I, I don't think they would have lost number one, but if they had lost, it would have been about boy, what's wrong with you know Tyson Walker? Why Jade Nakins have these games? Why why did this happen? But instead, it it looks obvious because there was a, a, a clear answer. Um, but uh, so I, I can't make the lineups make sense because I, I I don't think they did. Jarrett, next. This is the game that the coaching staff realizes for their guards to score uh, at will. They can't have a Mati uh, and Cooper in when they need offense. Also, credit to Booker answering hard questions in a great way. Yeah, he's been fantastic, by the way. Another reason I hope this guy sticks around and plays you know, at least another year at Michigan State. And I think the other thing is Booker is the one pro on this roster, right? And so those guys are all his, – his ceiling – I mean, there might be somebody else who has a cup of tea in the NBA or develops into a pro, whatever, but he's the one NBA guy. When you look at him, he's going to be in the NBA. Booker? The, Xavier Booker? Yeah. I'm just saying right now, the way we're – he had to be slowly brought oh, along. It does, but Are we talking like in three years? No, I'm talking uh, probably after next year. After next year, I would bet he's a first-round pick. A guy can shoot like that. What You'll see the, the growth that they've already shown him, and they've done a good job bringing him along. They've done a good job developing him. What we saw, the fact that what we saw yesterday looked how it did, 
compared to what it looked like in December is a testament to that coaching staff and that training staff and the guys who helped them put on 20 pounds the right way so it doesn't look like my chins and my belly, but it looks like, you know, 20, I mean, God, if I could put on 20 pounds without looking like an ass, I would do it. The um, I just eat Fig Newtons. Um, but I, so he's, you've got to, that's why you're going to see these leaps and bounds. There are things that guys who are pros um, can do. Like Deontay Davis, for example, and I, he, there were some reasons he didn't stick in the NBA, but he was a pro, right? And similar thing in 2016 where he was, and it took Izzo too long at times to find it, and he played a lot more early, and he was further along. But his impact was greater than his playing time for a while because there were some little things he didn't always do. Um, and, and, and I think that's something that – and I have no problem with holding young players accountable, but this was a big game. If you're Izzo, there's almost nothing more important to you than that NCAA tournament streak – and losing this game put that in jeopardy, and I think you could have avoided losing it if, if you know, for a number of things went wrong. This is not just about that, but there was one obvious thing that I think would have made the difference in a game where you lost on a last-second shot. Kurt Wisniewski next. This was Izzo's worst coach game. He failed player uh, playing Booker down the stretch, and it cost a key home win. It certainly wasn't wasn't a, a great one. Um, it would be interesting in his in an off season or after he retires or whatever it is to go through like his biggest regrets in games. I'm sure there are games out there that, you know, any coach would have where over that long a career where you, you screwed it up. How long you got, it's going to be like a five hour session. Well, and sometimes you may not remember him, but there might be you know, all sorts of decisions. Timeout. Like he'll, he'll tell you flat out about the middle Tennessee state game. I know people got frustrated against Iowa when there was a 15, one run and he didn't call a timeout. So it doesn't always seem like he's learned from it, but when they got down 15, two, against Middle Tennessee State, and Giddy Potts was really hot. Like, he he knew he'd waited too long. And I think he thought, like the rest of us, that it was going to come together, and he regrets letting that run, I mean, letting that run go. And we said, would somebody please guard somebody? Joey Shaver next. Starting Booker was the low-hanging fruit. The real test was going back to him in a tight game. When rubber met the road, Izzo kept him out. Even in a game where he, he did more good than bad in a good matchup, Izzo didn't trust him. Not sure how he gets into Tom's trust circle. Yeah, I mean, that it felt like he had gotten all the way there, and now there's another step. Um, that was that was it, though. The rubber beat the road is winning time, who do you go to? Or in the second half, who do you go to? And, and uh, it, you know, the thing is, if he had started and hadn't gone very well, like it had really been a struggle, then, and you start him again in the second half because you don't want to make the change there to embarrass him and he plays a few minutes and that's it, that would have been a little more understanding. It just hadn't been a struggle. It hadn't been perfect, but you were up 10. And he was learning and doing things. I just, I just thought in the, I, I thought it was a miss on, on a, on a number, of, number of fronts. But um, I, I, I do think when they review this film, he and his staff, they'll realize that they should have gone to him at least at some stretch. Uh, in the second half, they have to watch film to know that, figure that out. Well, they, they should you know, know they, can't, they can't just think yeah. back to the game yesterday. Richard Kane next. MSU is sta- uh, is staring at, at a six game losing streak uh, to close the season and snapping the streak. Quite a legacy for Hogard, Hall, Walker, and Sissoko. Bonus: that OSU game was probably the worst job in a single game Izzo has ever done, leaving Booker on the bench while the rest of the bigs were uh, flailing. Massive fail. Mahdi 
hustled his ass off, but still played like ass. I don't think he, I don't think he played like ass. I just think there he has limitations, and and eventually those show up, right? And so there are things he can't do. Um, you sound like my dad when he was at like a parent teacher conference. <laughs> uh, he's got limitations, I know. <laughs> I was going to say I don't want to say the R word. I was just wondering if your dad had said he's uh, <laughs> he's not complete ass, you know? Like trust me, he's my kid here. Let's let's uh, um, yeah. the uh, the idea of the six game losing streak to end the season and snapping the streak would be. The worst of all time. Yeah, that would be up there, <laughs> and then just the legacy. Of these guys, he'd never come back from that. And then the and idea then it'd be the greatest because Chad Latz would be rolling up here, and oh, Graham man. would have to hang for a day. And then the idea that they'd be in the NIT. I don't even know if they try. I mean, they might even not play in it. I, 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 I that's Good the thing. Lord. The the consequences of not making the tournament are just so severe on so many people. It's not just Izzo and the the streak. It's but it's 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 this group and not getting a shot because if you get in. But then you at least have a shot, right? And we've seen what this group can do on occasion with a shot. Uh, but uh, can you imagine Hogard in an NIT game? You think he would give it his all? I, I just, I, I, it's hard for me to picture. I mean, I've been to an, M- an MSU game, an NIT game. I've been to a couple of them. I went to the Breslin, uh, sorry, uh, Jenison Fieldhouse against Wichita State in '89 when, when yeah. the NIT was something to aspire to. But uh, uh, yeah, not this. Alan Pearlstein next. Late-era Izzo has become as dismal as late-era D'Antonio. And bonus, they should quantify the entire selection process for the tournament. Fans could watch real-time tournament point calculations after every game and know exactly who's on the bubble. So sort of like, you know, uh, even more updated pairwise ranking thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what you have in hockey. Like, you know where things stand. There are issues with, with any system right that relies solely on metrics and it's really hard i think hockey only has like 60 teams and basketball 300 teams understanding situations and who um you know who missed games and and uh you know how teams change i i don't think there's one perfect metric you know the net has some some qualities and you know they all have they all have their their qualities and and the net michigan state's in really good shape um i don't mind the human element to it but uh, it would be cool if it was a little more concrete and if the bracketologists themselves were a little more locked in at times because that's been an issue uh, with, with – and, and then, you know, whatever the bracketologists put out there then frames the conversation. And so we're going to have to get – we're going to have to have uh, – we're going to have to get better at not trusting bracketologists who can't project and, and aren't projecting wins and losses and um, because what, what was projected for Michigan State – two, three weeks ago, even if it wound up being accurate today, was, was ass as analysis. Carl, next. Has Izzo ever done less with more? And from DMB, this team has four-seed talent and being coached to the NCAA tournament bubble. Uh, less with more. That's a good question if, if he's had a year where they really – I mean, you could argue that 2010-11 where they barely made the tournament when they had a lot of guys back from that uh, – two final fours was was that was just a disaster of a year so I would say that but that that group had done so much that it you know you, you, you kind of get that mulligan um, I, I still think the 30 win team where they had a lot more talent than this they had Jared Jackson and Miles Bridges and Cassius Winston right um, two lottery picks and a guy who's one of the top three players in Michigan State history at point guard and unable to maximize that. Now, some of that is because Jaron Jackson Jr., the freshman, 
isn't the player he becomes, right? And some of that was because Miles Bridges was still figuring things out as a playmaker, and and uh, they didn't have the ball. But again, I think they could have got more more out of that team. Um, and so we'll see how this finishes up. If you had asked me that in the first half yesterday, when they had developed, it seemed like Xavier Booker against some decent odds to the point that he was looking like he could help be a difference maker for them. I would have told you, let, let, let's hang out and see. They might get the most out of this group after all. Uh, next up is MW. This MSU basketball team is not fun. That's the take. <laughs> not fun, all caps. Uh, Lorenzo for Heisman. I hate this team. I hate it. Not the players individually, but I hate this team. Yeah, but you could hate the players now because they're making six figures, right? Yeah, but kind of rip the players a little bit. I think there are a lot of good Not dudes. Soko, I think there are a lot of good dudes on the team, and and I think it's just a frustrating team. And yesterday was the epitome of the frustration because that you had the position that had just been the bane of your existence all of a sudden seemed like it had new life, and then you chose not to play the new life, and you lost the game. And so and those, everybody's telling you that. And there's a correlation. There is a correlation. I believe there's a correlation. Now I don't know to what degree, but there is a correlation between that decision. Lorenzo for Heisman next. Uh, no, shit. Andy Schofield with just fuck. All caps. Uh, <laughs> Gringo sexy traveler with caw, 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 caw. <laughs> uh, just some dude. My only take is that I feel dead inside. Couch, can you spin zone us all into being alive again? Oh, this will be fun. All right. Let's do this. You are about to enter the spin zone with noted newspaper columnist and radio host Graham Couch. So as bad as yesterday's loss was, as losing to Ohio State at home, the way that went down, as bad as losing to Iowa was, they are still better off today having knowing Xavier Booker, what he can do, having had him start that game, having seen the possibilities of being a little bit different lineup offensively with him, if he can be a 15, 20, 25-minute-a-game guy, who knows to what degree. Even with that loss, like if they had won the game with Booker playing his normal three to six minutes, that would have been worse than this. And while this was a frustrating, you can say maddening decision to go away from him entirely, Come on. Come on. <laughs> um, if they don't continue to make that decision, there is some hope for this group. And uh, it, it could still be a really interesting uh, finish here and with with a chance to do something. How's that for spin? Yeah, not great. A little. No, no, it's good. I just you know I feel a little better. I think. Okay. Yeah, I tried. Yeah, run for it next. Tom keeps saying Booker isn't ready because he needs to improve this, this, and that. Well, shit. By that measure, is Marty Carson and Kohler ready? Izzo uses a higher standard to judge preparedness and of highly ranked freshmen than he does anyone else in the roster, and it's frustrating. It certainly seems that way at times. And and I I would argue that there are things that like freshman young players don't do well um often that some of the unseen things that at least to our untrained eye are things that freshmen particularly struggle with and he sees seniors doing well in terms of the coverages defensively and things like that boxing out being where you're supposed to be and that stuff that um but by that, I do think physical limitations shouldn't be get a pass for a mental 
uh, mistakes and gaps. Like Mati Sissoko has some physical limitations that are what they are no matter what he does, no matter what positions he's in. And, and not just physical limitations, but he has some instinct, uh, instinctual limitations as a basketball player. Like, um, and, and that, like I, I think Jackson Kohler, for example, doesn't have those limitations, um, <clears throat> those instinctual limitations. He has some physical limitations and, and limitations that Sissoko doesn't have, right? And um, they're different limitations than Sissoko's physically. It, there's no question that this is the push-pull and holding somebody accountable and developing them and at what cost? And again, nobody is suggesting that Xavier Booker should have played the final 10 minutes of the game unchecked. It's that he didn't get back in there at all. And that after the offense went, and, and that did you feel the need to use Carson Cooper to get him in there? Is that why you play him next to Jackson Kohler? Was it for rebounding? And these are, and, and it, Booker would have been a better pairing with Kohler offensively when the offense went stagnant. It was, how do you, give your offense some juice after you lost it. And the guy who probably gave you the best chance at that was uh was Xavier Booker and uh so yeah no I look I I'm not going to today is not the day for me to defend Izzo on this cuz I, I I just disagree with him. David Jackson next if only Izzo had followed your suggestion to sit out Tyson Walker in the Ohio State game, Michigan State would have won that game. It would have been a very different game because they they run a lot of stuff out. Like the the defense, the way they play Booker and how they prepare for, or not Booker uh, Walker is would have been different. They would have put the the emphasis on other people. You're right though. I mean, uh, sometimes losing your best player, and we saw that with Ohio State. Who yeah, but a, who's going to step up? Well, Ohio State's best shooter was out, and they had plenty. You know, their best player, Jameson Battle, was out. Their best score or best outside shooter and second best score was out yesterday. And, you know, Izzo even said afterwards he thought it helped him. I don't know. But I understood what he meant by that because, you know, different guys with key buckets would not have been in the game or in those roles. And and, and it, it did It's seem- Ohio State, though. They're ass. You shouldn't need these things at home. They should. Uh, I wouldn't say they're complete ass, but they had lost 11 straight on the road. So you should win that game. <laughs> What constitutes ass then? Well, not 12, a team. That- 12 road losses? The problem is they just, this new interim coach now had – has played his coach three games, right? One of them is a home win against Purdue. The other is a road win at Michigan State. And they do have better talent than they performed all season. So I'm not saying it's not. It kind of makes me feel worse. I forgot about the interim tag on the Ohio Ohio State guy. He looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Schultz, can you imagine playing Edong Ebok the final nine minutes of a game back in 2009? That's essentially what Tom did today. And Graham, don't give me Madi is a lot better than Ebok, or he actually played pretty well, I thought. Uh, bonus. The Iowa loss in 2023 was akin to MSU football's Arizona State moment in 2019. Yesterday in hoops was the MSU football Illinois 2019 moment. So, I mean, I, I do see the parallels. I, I'll say this, and this is going to happen for uh, – Michigan State's fan base that went through the D'Antonio thing. Everybody is a product of their environment. And the D'Antonio, the scars from the end of the D'Antonio era are how everything's going to be measured. It's like like the, the Mel Tucker contract happened because Saban got away, right? And like 20 years later, and there's a reaction to that, and Ishbia was around, and he didn't want to let Mel Tucker get away either. And like I, So everything's put in historical context in the, in the little box that you've lived in. Um, I just don't think these are necessarily the same deal because – when you look at Michigan State football, right, 
and you look at who they were at the end of 2019, they still had some pros then, but not much on that roster. Michigan State football this year for the second time in like 80-some years is not going to have a player drafted most likely. And both of those times in like 80 years have been the Mel Tucker era. But a lot of that had to do with the roster that Mark D'Antonio left and where that was at the end. And that is not what we have, not what we're watching with uh, Michigan State basketball. It's, it's just not based on the recruiting, based on the young players in the program. There is no Xavier Booker or Jeremy Fears in MSU football in 2019. Those guys just didn't exist. There's no Cohen Carr. Um, and so while there is, I, I understand the frustration and, 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 you know, the age of the coaches and, and some of the stubbornness and all whatever and the grumpiness, it, I, I just think there are some differences. NPC softball dad next. Stolen from the message board, but this game was Illinois 2019 football loss. After we are dry-fisted by Purdue, will we even get a good win for James Madison anymore? Be a good win. Yeah, no, like the idea that Michigan State wouldn't be a quality win anymore. I um, it, I don't even know where James Madison is right now. In the net. Hold on, give me some Hoff real quick. This is Shake what it. I see. Everybody stops and they're staring at me. I got passion in my pants and I ain't afraid to show it. Show it, show it, show it. Come on. I'm sexy and I know it. Yeah, James Madison should be good. James Madison is, is 50th in the net, which it's it, playing in the Sun Belt. It's hard to stay up that high. They're 25 and 3 um, and 10 and 2 in true road games. Like, that's, that's really tough. And um, they haven't had any real bad, bad losses. 19 0 against Quad 4. The problem is they play. 19 quad four teams, right? But they're, um, yeah, one and one against quad one, one and one against quad two. Michigan State on the road will remain, because the other thing is a road game for, for James Madison. That means top 75 is, is quad one. So Michigan State right now in the net is 24, right? I mean, they're, they're still way up there. No team that high has ever been left out of the NCAA tournament. Now, I'm not saying they should tempt fate and fuck around and lose to Northwestern and lose to Indiana and say, what's our net now? But no team that high. It's like 10 places further down that's ever been left out of the NCAA tournament. So that's the reality of the situation. Spartan 18770 next. MSU could have the number one recruiting class next year, but it doesn't matter because this coaching staff is still 2019 D'Antonio level. Again, comparisons that we don't really have. I mean, it, it can feel like that, but I mean, have you ever sat in a room with these coaches? Or you know, they they can be veteran coaches, they can be ISO guys, so it can have that sense. You know, it can be older guys, you know, or whatever. But it, I just I don't know that to be true, and and I don't even know which which recruit or which coaching staff that's insulting. Ramblers dog ninety seven next. Tom Izzo getting caught on camera. It's just a bad lineup. The reason, the Twin Tower plus Cohen Carr lineup, then putting that lineup out there again is enough to show me that Izzo does not care about making the tournament this season. And bonus, SD4L canceling the NIL contracts of football players who didn't quit on the program and risked brain damage to play for the school so they could pay for these chuckle fucks should be enough to convince even the most ardent capitalists to pick up some Karl Marx fuck is he talking about? <laughs> the, uh, Jesus um first of all to the uh there was a i did see this on on twitter 
that Izzo got caught on camera saying it's just a bad lineup. Um, I, I'm not 100% sure that's what he said, but it did look like, you know, sometimes you do lip reading, you can make it be two or three things. And, it certainly and it checks been, out. Could have been that, and it was a bad lineup, but then he also ran the same group back out there, so I'm not 100% sure that's what he said because it doesn't make any any logical sense. If, if the, well, Let's try it again. Yeah. Um, the uh, to, to the SDL canceling the NL contracts, um, yeah, it, look, a couple things. One, I, I do think that SD4L um, will not be what's – now, it might be a lot of the same guys, but they will not be – it is not going to be the brand that is overseeing the football program anymore as, as far as what I understand. Uh, that'll be the new Spartan Nation NIL. Same model, maybe some of the same guys. Uh, SD4L, I, I believe, will, will handle men's basketball. And then, um, uh, you know, you got this is Sparta, which is, I think, a really, uh, really good NIL situation where it funds a lot of other sports and has contracts that are, you know, tax deductible for donors and is donor driven about where it wants to go. And I, I think that's a more sustainable model, to be frank. But uh, they're going to run it again with the, uh, with the, with the Greg Williams deal with uh, Spartan. Nation NIL, so we'll see how that works, and maybe it will. And then certainly, there, the, if the billionaires are willing to step in, there will always be enough money. To what degree they are, we'll find out. Lawrence Kearney Jr. Next, why after back-to-back losses does the Izzo press conference sound more like a pep rally than the writers pining Izzo down, pinning Izzo down? And why at the end of the Ohio State game, Sissoko was on the floor? My grandson, ten years old, has better basketball <laughs> skills than him. Man, I, I'm not gonna. I'd swat that kid's shit though. Yeah, ten years old. It's a tough ten year old. Throw it out there. But yeah, no. I, I look. I believe that throw one it on, to the porch. One on one. I think I could take this ten year old in. I think I could take Sissoko. So I, you know, I'm as delusional as all all of them. Um, you know, that, that's, it, no, it's a fair question because it was asked why Sissoko was on the floor, and why or why uh, not Sissoko was on the floor, but why Booker didn't go back in. And I don't think Sissoko was asked specifically. But it was asked. Chris Solari asked it. I was right next to him when he did it. Um, could have been a better pin down on things. I, I don't know. It, 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 it seems like a pep rally. I mean, first of all, there are a lot of different. There's no pep, though. Yeah, I didn't see the pep rally. But there are a lot of different media types in there. Like, half the media that are in there are just fans with, with, with press credentials or, or running fan sites or whatever. And that that's fine. That's the, So they're not there to hold Izzo accountable unless they're angry because they're they're fans. Um, that, so that there's that component of it. Um, but, and the other thing is it, 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 it shouldn't be something that makes an objective journalist angry that they lost this game. I understand why you're angry and I understand why it's frustrating and it ain't a whole lot of fun to watch, frankly, and it's not as fun to cover, but it it, is no skin off my ass, you know? Um, yeah, but you're a basketball fan and when you see things like that, it's just, it's a question that people have. He, he, it should be asked. You, you guys are like an extension of us. We can't get to Tom Izzo and ask him shit like that. 100%. It was asked. I'm just saying in terms of pinning him down and grilling him and like, <laughs> how did you fuck this up? Like, the tone of it shouldn't be, it should never sound like a pep rally. Um, uh, but the tone of it should be, uh, you know, collegial. And uh, that that said, I don't know if it was if he was pinned down on it enough. I do know that I was still finishing the quick tykes during his press conference to some degree. And was not even sure of everything that had been asked, and that's that's the worst situation for me to be in, because I don't want to ask the same questions already been asked, and you, you assume certain things have been asked. So I don't even know everything that was asked of him, to be honest. Uh, but I do know that was asked about why Booker wasn't out, and uh, by Chris Solari, who was right next to me. Uh, but if it, we, I will, 
I will personally admonish the entire press corps, and we will do better. Pin them down, man. Yeah, that's it. Craig Robinson next. While the Izzo five-spot situation will dominate the takes, my take is that Tyson Walker is clearly not 100% and may not get to the point get to that point the rest of the season, which is more costly. And the guards seem to be worn out too. Yeah, Walker's. Uh, he, he says he's okay. He's a hard guy to you talk about pinning down. I've, I've asked, I've gotten to the point in asking Walker if he's okay with prefacing it like this. I know you always say you're okay, but you know, are and, you okay on the inside and out? Right. Like, can I get you a donut? Would you feel better? Oh, uh, the uh, oh, it makes my hair stand up when you do yourself. I'm sorry, Ashton. Yeah, ah. it's, it's the worst. It's the worst. Um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, so he always says he's okay. He's clearly not. It, he's like, oh, here comes that fat white guy again. I got to tell him I'm okay. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Uh, what if I roll a donut down? We'll, we'll chase that. Right? <laughs> I'll be crawling across the <laughs> locker room. Can you just see that? Like, <laughs> yeah, man, if you see a random donut. you know. Tyson Walker's like, here, couch, fetch. It rolls a donut on the floor in the MSU locker room, and then I go, this guy's going to ask oh, me if I'm okay course. again. Yeah. Jesus um, anyway, uh, that's not how that would play out, by the way. Oh. I hope not. Um, Only in my dreams. Yeah, no, I don't think he's 100%, and I think that's a problem. And I don't think it's going to be fixed by the end of the year. And it may be something that they sort of admit to a, a greater degree at the end of the season. He he still does a lot of good things for a guy who's not 100%. I mean, there was one hustle play defensively where he got back and knocked the ball away that was was really impressive for a guy who's got a groin injury. But he yeah, doesn't but he need him to score. doesn't seem to quite have the same offensive consistency and, and zip that he that he that he did uh bb kobe 87 next Izzo is taking the heat for not playing booker but this loss is on the seniors and guards for not closing the game the guards play in a supportive strength uh supposive strength and no one stepped up in the last 10 minutes to keep the lead this is true that said like they're helped out by having somebody who spreads the floor for them and if it's not working the, the job is to create a lineup that gives them the best chance and it's not just you know the Sissoko lineup at the end is the one we focus on a lot but we you know but it is that middle uh that lineup with with Cooper Kohler and and Carr that I thought was really detrimental and that that period of time when when the game when they just lost momentum and when you looked at the lineup it's like well who's going to hit shots out here and Kohler has that ability. They didn't really go to him in that in that stretch, and he did hit one shot in this game. But um, I, I don't know. It, it, I, yes, the guards should be able to do more. There's a senior group that you know. Again, it's grab somebody by the neck and and let's go sort of mentality should be what's there. But also, um, you, you got to help them, and and they needed it then. Trouble with the slap next. Izzo won't do it, but he should rest Walker at Purdue and play the freshman and Kohler as much as possible for development. Uh, this isn't a tourney team without a healthy Walker, and we need to focus on beating Northwestern and Indiana instead of the inevitable loss to Purdue. Yeah, it would be just a punt on the Purdue game. Um, the, the thing but if is, you didn't sit him for Ohio State, correct? Like to me, the Ohio State game was the game after you had five. You had five days, you had Tuesday game with Iowa, and then you didn't play Purdue till the following Saturday, um, and you. You know, you have Northwestern middle of next week. There's not the same amount of time off. And I, I mean, I get it. If, if, if there's really an issue there, then you do that. The, the problem is there was an issue there. They should have done that already. Um, and, again, I, I, I think 
I think more Kohler is usually better. I, I you know, Kohler hitting that turnaround shot, the sort of shot that he, I think, can really make his own at Michigan State is important. I think he can still be somebody who makes an impact um, in in the postseason. But um, and and I, like I said, I think Booker should start. Ken Chu up next. Our spirits were broken by seeing the upside of Booker and then seeing him taken out of the game, and the players' spirits were broken as well. I don't know if they're thinking that same way, but I will tell you this. My sense of it is that if if A.J. Hogard, Tyson Walker, and Jaden Akins were doing the substitutions, that Booker would have been in the game. That's That would be my – I would almost promise you that. Speaking of Akins, man, ever since I we did the live show and I was like, Jaden Akins props, blah, blah, blah. The guy's been complete ass. What did I do? He's, you know, jinx. And he's just missing shots. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think he's played okay. I actually thought defensively he was really good. I thought he played okay. And so he's just missing shots. Uh, Jimbo Jones next. The only lesson being taught is how frustrating it is watching Izzo teach lessons while the team loses. Why is it so hard for him to just play the best players? Because he wants the best players – to be the best they can be by late February and March. That's always been the way it is, right? You hold guys accountable, so you get the absolute most out of them at the time that it matters most. And so I, I've always understood that, right? You, you you don't play Cohen Carr after he gets lost defensively because if that's something you allow to slip, then you don't get the best version of Cohen Carr in his development, right? And that, I, I, I understand that. Um and and so I, I also understand holding Booker accountable. He played seventeen to twenty five. There might be things he slipped on that he should, but he was out since the fifteen minute mark. With eight minutes to go, if it's now like a, a you know three point game, two point game, you're not scoring as much. You know, put him back in, see what happens. You know, the, I, accountability. I get that. Um, and uh, and but there was nothing that Izzo said Booker did that to me sounded like it warranted missing the rest of the game. It wasn't like Booker just said, fuck you, I'm not rebounding. Like if, it, if you know, and you go, all right, well, you're going to have to Soko says that apparently. Uh, greeny green next, point shaving gone wrong. That's the <laughs> only explanation. If you played college basketball, would you shave points? Before NIL? Before NIL. Oh, God, yeah. Absolutely. Like how much? I, I'm guaranteeing it would be because of a gambling debt I had to pay off or right. something. <laughs> You'd owe dangerous it's people that, money. <laughs> yeah. It's either that or I had my kneecaps broken. But do you think you could get to players now that, no. that play meaningful minutes anyway? Well, this is so there are pluses and minuses about the uh, legalization of gambling, right? And it used to be everybody just had a guy. And there's a lot more shady stuff happens when you have a guy. No taxes, number one. But. Now everything's regulated. They know. I mean, this is how everybody's getting busted for this stuff. They know it quick. It is. It is so much more regulated, and now it's so much more accessible. Which I think you can argue as a society leads to more people are prone to addiction, having issues with it, and more financial problems. I'm not saying it's all a positive, but I'm saying in terms of that part of things, I think it is. is there's much less. Look what's happening in NFL guys. Like place a bet in a hotel room on a different sport. They're out. You know, like you just don't do that. They yeah. saw Kelvin Ridley get suspended for a fucking year. Yeah, and they're putting in parlays for twenty five dollars. Yeah, do not like. God. This is not. I, I I think it's something that probably happens less now. Jesus, Kevin from Rochester Hills. Tom is over. And bonus one ball. Bainey is Johnny Spirit. Well, that's just not nice. Yeah. One ball, Baney's a lot nicer than Johnny Spirit. And everything that we know about one ball, I mean, I've seen enough Johnny Spirit to know one ball and Johnny aren't aren't the same person. They don't look they don't look. Alike. Johnny Spirit has two balls. That's how you figured it out. 
I, I didn't know that personally. Oh. Yeah. One guy has one ball? No, I just their physique, their their face, oh. everything's different. Oh, yeah, the painted stuff. Yeah, one right. guy's not a turd. The other guy is. <laughs> turd. Michael Warheit next. I can't take this basketball season anymore. What is the status of the MSU hockey team? <laughs> will we will we be able to watch the playoffs? You should be able to watch the the playoffs, um, but not the uh, the Big Ten tournament. You should see and the uh, check. And actually, I need to look at that and and the postseason, um, but not this weekend. God, I don't even know. I can't even promise you that. I don't know what they televise in hockey. It's probably some streaming service through Russia that you got a VPN into. Who, who the heck knows? But I will I will uh, look into all that and and look MSU hockey. Is up two points going into a series at Wisconsin over Wisconsin. So if they win either game, they win the Big Ten title outright. They could share it, you know, if you get like an overtime. I have to look at But there are ways they could share it. And uh, if they shared it, Michigan State would still, I understand, get the, the top seed in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, if, if, and so the, they would get a bye. Peasy next. Liverpool winning that, that cup final with Van Dyck and Dyke, a bunch of Van Dyke. And a bunch, what is a D-I-I-K? And a bunch of children is more impressive than any of Man City's league titles. It was an it was a fun game to watch. I won't say that. Because, look, the thing about uh, the, uh, whatever the cup it's called, the, the, the fucking, what? The Dixie Cup. No, nah, it's not the Dixie Cup, but it's. The it, Chode Cup. Yeah, it's the, the Carabelle Cup. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, is that it, a lot of people don't actually want to be there. Like, Man City, if they wanted to be in that final, would have been in that final. And they're not there. So, but yeah, it was an impressive. Uh, it was a fun game to watch, and and um, and to win with that lineup was, was that was the impressive. Atlanta Young Boys that he was talking about. No, but oh my god, I cannot believe I buried the lead on this. A, a listener of the show, friend of the friend of the pod, as you say, mm. had, had reached out to me, um, and he was in Switzerland, in Bern, Switzerland, and so he he sent a picture. He was at the Young Boys Stadium, and he thought he said, "Thinking of you," he said. <laughs> he said, "But I thought of you and Jason might appreciate this." Here's the stadium. Of the, I was at the Young Boys. Stadium. <laughs> he was at the Young Boys Stadium, right next door to his hotel. They play sporting. He's going to show up and wanting to coach a team. Yeah, they, yeah well, they've got to be younger than that for me to coach. What? 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 Oh, Kiwabit next. Now that we are in the throngs of the NFL offseason, the Lions are making some needed changes. Hot take. The Lions will never win the big one with Dan Campbell in charge and having the responsibility to make the critical in-game decisions for timeout calls and when to throw the challenge flag, clock management, and most importantly, when to go for it on fourth down versus attempting to score points, a.k.a. kick the damn field goals. Do you feel like do you have serious fear about Dan Campbell as a no. game coach in big games going forward? Well, I had that fear before, like a couple of years ago. That was my big thing with Dan Campbell. But I just, you have to ride with it because it's not going to change. They're still going to go for it on fourth downs, a lot of them. So, of course, you got to get behind it. Yeah. I mean, I, I made it to the NFC Championship game. Should have went to the fucking Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, God, I, I, damn, I, I, three years. You know? I get there's some uneasiness because there will be a, a point where everybody's going, just kick it. Yeah, but listen to like Harry. He shits on Andy Reid. He thinks Andy Reid's ass because Andy Reid sometimes doesn't know how to use timeouts. But how many Super Bowls does Andy Reid have? It's fair enough. You know, I'll take it. Couch on fire. The MSU women's basketball team is a lot more fun to watch than the men's basketball team by a large factor and bonus. As a huge, huge Tom Izzo fan, even I'm starting to wonder, hashtag dead inside. The women's team, everything's relative to expectations. The women's team is going to be in the tournament, which I guess the men's team might not be. But 
wasn't that's impressive though. Frey, like in one year, twenty wins already. Yeah, I mean she's doing it with mostly players who were uh, holdovers from Susie Merchant, and and but she's gotten the most out of them. Yeah, she's a great coach. I think she's a really fantastic game coach. I think the way she gets the style she uses, she's got she's got a couple players who really push the ball well. Um, the 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 pressing they use, the uh, just getting the most out of this group, and the way her players tend to respond to adversity and resp- I mean it's it's. I think she's a really good coach. It'll be interesting to see at this level uh, to what degree she recruits because that will be telling of, like, can she take that really next step for MSU women's basketball. Sunshine Spartan next. This basketball team is complete ass. How do you lose two home games to bottom feeders on the big, in the Big Ten? Jason, I'm dead inside for this team. I hear you. Yeah, I mean, it sucks. Not, they're not bottom feeders, though. Uh, not uh, losing to bottom feeders. I- Iowa's... Uh, Team still with a chance at the bubble, so not quite a bottom feed. Iowa, but they have Fran, you know. the The difference in the two games is that Iowa actually. I mean, I think Michigan State was a step off, but Iowa looked like the better team throughout. They really blew this Ohio State game, and that's uh, two different games. Christopher D. Next seems like MSU has prioritized getting highly talented and skilled recruits, minus Mati, at the expense of having true dogs like they used to. Seems like it could be a tough balancing act. Maybe you could use more guys with a chip on their shoulder like Tyson Walker, Keith Appling, and some more bruisers, uh, bruisers like Derek Nix. Bonus, MSU struggles over the past couple years are all due to one person, Joel Embiid. He mm-hmm. is a one in seven billion case of big-bodied, talented African to pick up a basketball as a teenager and make it to the league. If not for his success story, Madi may be averaging eight and eight at a Mac school, but definitely belongs in the Matt Shepard Hall of Fame. All right, so these are these are good, Christopher. That's why two long ones got in here because uh, I want to get into both it's of them. Joel Embiid's fault. Let's start with Joel Embiid. Yeah, uh, I would like to introduce you also to Akeem Olajuwon, to Dikembe Mutombo, to there have been a lot of really good African players. Uh, the NBA right now, in fact, somebody from Lansing who played ball uh, at, at at Lansing Sexton and at Okemos, um, who worked with. Uh, um, What's his nuts? The guy who's the guy at uh, Ken Palm? No, the the fucker who played for Duke who's with the Horn or the Pelicans. Oh, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, Zion Williamson. Thank you. Um. Anyway, Jasper Bibbs is 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 the guy's name. Uh, he is working with NBA Africa right now. Like he is over there training young players. So there's gonna be there's gonna be more of them. There's an emphasis on them. I know what you mean in the sense that um, not always the guys who haven't played the game and aren't familiar with the game and don't have an instinct for it turn out to be really good players. But uh, I, I don't uh, – I don't. they obviously didn't see that with, with, with Sissoko. Uh, to the first part, in terms of who you recruit and the types of players you get, like – I mean, Derek Nix was a guy that drove his own nuts. So Tyson Walker, I think, at times has not been the guy, type of guy that he's won with over the years. Keith Appling uh, drove his own crazy – so I mean, there everybody has their own strengths and weaknesses. There's no question that there this is a, a nice guy team to some degree, without a lot of size. And the big problem is they're they're not big on the wing, and they're not big in the post, and you know that that hurts you. And that's those are the two biggest problems with this team. Chris Eastlick up next. Number one, I don't understand Tom's persistence to let the team bleed out before doing something. You want to let a team work problems out and do it when you're in jeopardy of the bubble. I can't find a single reason Booker should not have played in that end of that game. I don't care about matchups. 
it wasn't working. And bonus, if the metrics love this team so much, maybe the metrics aren't good. And bonus, bonus. That Tyson Walker free throw that landed on the rim is a symbol for this entire season. Oh, that was... when. The, yeah, at, be, yeah, you'll be shitting me. After that ball like just stuck there, I was like, Ohio State's going to hit a game winner. Like, that's just... Mm-hmm. This this is what's going to happen. Ohio State's hit game winners before against Michigan State. People have seen that at Breslin quite a bit uh, over the years, including 2012, you know, uh, to, to share the Big Ten title and beat Draymond's team on the day that uh, Brandon Dawson. I've never seen that. Am I 45 years of watching college basketball? I've never seen it bounce off the rim. So uh, sick of rooting for teams that that shit happens to. You know what sucks is when that happens and you're, like, not big enough to – Go up and not can't jump high enough to go get the ball when you're so just you'll get alone. a broomstick. I know, no. Well, if you're at the park, you just like throw your shoe at it. You know that's what happens. <laughs> but there's nothing worse than an adult. Like I used to go play at this this park uh, when I lived on the east side of Lansing, and uh, did I would they just, have double rims? I can't. It wasn't a great park to shoot on, but you got used to it. It was mostly you get a workout. I would I would run, shoot, and do a bunch of stuff on myself. And uh, every once in a while, you know that happens with the ball. And you know you hate being this like grown man throwing a shoe at the ball, but that's there's no other wait, way. Wait, you were grown? I thought you were talking about when we were like teenagers. No, I'm talking like my mid thirties. You can't wait. You couldn't get a ball out of there. You can't touch rim. My mid thirties? No. If you looked at me, you can't touch rim. I can't. Have you seen Dude, that? Video I know, of but me? you're like six three, right? I'm six two. Six two. You cannot touch rim. I can't touch. I've never been able to touch the rim. I've been able to, in my in my early thirties. I could still touch that. You know, in a uh, that so, little, little a bar that comes down from the rim. So, so I was like you're two thirty at a park, thirty five, staring, <laughs> staring up at a ball that's stuck and you can't get it. No, I have to throw my shoe at. It. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I thought you were like fifteen. No, uh, Tyler Simmons next. The time has come for Izzo to make a statement for the Purdue game and have a starting lineup of only underclassmen players, and maybe that could put a spark in the team. And bonus. What are some positive things to watch watch out for in the MSU spring football game? I'm glad he asked. We're going to have wall-to-wall coverage. Absolutely. Of wall the spring game. Wall to wall. Now, um, it'll start with a quarterback and see Naden Childs. Like, mm. People want to see what he looks like and how, how the passes go. And, and uh, are, you know, are there receivers that look like playmakers? So it, you can't measure the line of scrimmage ever in a spring game because those guys in, – in, I don't even know what to what degree we'll get a true spring game versus like a uh, some sort of scrimmage or, or practice. But you're you're looking for playmakers on both sides of the ball and and, and uh, at the skill positions. It's mostly I know there are, are linemen and linebackers playing, but the positions to judge are the seven on seven type positions, and that's those are the things to look to look for. Um, I don't think Izzo is going to you know punt on this and go with a underclassman lineup and let those guys get just shelled at Purdue. The, the, you know these seniors have earned the right to to uh, to see where they can take this, whatever that may be. Captain Dave next. I will say this first. I will always love Izzo. That said, he pushed his last Mahdi chip today, playing him in the last eight minutes, and lost. No more missed blocks, leading dunks, no more rebounds that are slapped out of his hands, and three, no more fouls that turn the shot clock off. Mm. You know, um, oh, sorry, I, the re- the three was for the rebound slapped out of his oh, hands. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, I do think there is... Um, it, it did feel like a Mahdi chip, right? And and the thing is, I thought Sissoko played pretty well. That Izzo makes him the villain by putting him in that situation to some degree. Now, um, because if, yeah, if, but people are more mad at Izzo than Sissoko. Hundred percent right now. Hundred percent. But I don't think anybody who watched Mahdi Sissoko play the final six minutes, or eight minutes, whatever he played, didn't think he was playing his ass off, and didn't think he did some good things. 
But ultimately, he has some limitations, and you really saw them at the end. And, and it's not that it wouldn't have gone – I mean, Booker wasn't rebounding that great, but there were elements that he brings that Mahdi just can't. And again, maybe Mahdi should have been in for the final three minutes, but they would have been a different final three minutes if at some point you had interjected Booker or you played different lineups or not played the two bigs lineups or, or, or anything uh, of, of that nature. Nestle's Quick Hotel next. Maybe Izzo should hang it up. Maybe not. I don't know. But one thing is certain. There is nothing on the horizon but a sadder ending. He's won his last title of any kind. Last final four. It's just going to be eight and 11 seeds until we eventually have to take the keys from Grandpa. Again, that's saying that Jeremy Fears and uh, Xavier Booker is sophomores. Uh, you know, whatever next year's team is, it doesn't have a higher ceiling than this one. I, you know, and I don't know that. I don't know the answer to that. I'm, I'm done telling you that things are two-year groups or next year is going to be great. Thank God. I don't know who's coming back. Is but, that what it took? Losing to Ohio State at home? <laughs> no. Let me. How did you get the ball down when you were I, at Dude, a park? I can touch rim. I could dunk like a mini basketball. For, for, on a 10-foot rim? Yes. Yeah, dude. I would never have guessed that about you. That should be in your Twitter profile. Why? I have a picture of me dunking. I'd, I would like to see it. Okay. When's the last time you dunked? Oh, fuck. 2007, I think. Okay. 2008. Could I do it now? Absolutely not. All right. Well, that 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 itself, all this is a story worth telling, uh, presented again by our friends at Midtown Brewing Company, 402 South Washington Avenue, where we were very recently for our live show and um, are going to do something with, with our, our uh, postseason bracket challenge here in a little bit. But a great place for trivia on Tuesdays. If you're looking to compete, have some fun, check out Midtown Brewing Company. Tuesday nights, they do a, a great trivia starting at 7 p.m. at Midtown. Good place for brunch to watch a game, date night. My mother was at Midtown Brewing Company with a group of friends this weekend um, and uh, really loved it and loved the meal. And trust me, I know she loved the meal because she wouldn't shut up about it on the uh, on, our, on our, our walk on Saturday. Uh, Alito next. It's two hours after the Ohio State loss. Haller is on the couch. Some Buffalo Trace in his hands. Is he thinking about cl- uh, clicking a call to discuss Tom's future with him? And bonus, get Cohen Carr watching as much late-career Brandon Dawson film as possible. Yeah, I mean, they're a little bit different in terms of uh, – I mean, Dawson was bigger a little bit, but I, I know what you're saying. I, I think you want Cohen Carr, though, to be – to develop differently as a player than, than Dawson ever did. But if you're saying for now, for the rest of the season, to try to be that guy, uh, I don't know physically if he's capable of it right now, but um, certainly – you know, because Dawson's limitations – at times hurt Michigan State, but in that run, especially at the end, he was he was really superb. What he had like twenty four points, ten rebounds against Virginia or whatever it was. I mean, he was he was a pretty pretty massive force um, for sure. Um, the the question about if uh, you know is he thinking about uh, if Alan Haller is thinking about talking to Tom Izzo? I, I would be surprised right now. I, Haller is somebody who doesn't waste time with coaches. He doesn't think are on the right trajectory. But Tom Izzo is different. Tom Izzo gets a little more. Tom Izzo is Tom Izzo, and he still hasn't missed an NCAA tournament yet. Like I would like people to remember that. Like if you're an AD, you wanna you wanna find a way to be really unpopular. Fire Tom Izzo or or push him out. That it just it doesn't make any sense. And again, there's just so many unknowns with what's to come. I you know I, I think if if there were signs for a year and a half or something that 
And people can say, well, the last four years, okay. But if the next group that kind of comes in after this group has a similar ceiling, you know, maybe you start to think about conversations or think about the future. I also think, I don't think Izzo is going to keep coaching if it falls apart. I don't think Izzo is going to let this thing fall to D'Antonio levels, and I may be naive in, in, in thinking that, but that's my own uh, my own thought. MZA next. This team will miss the tourney. I have lost all faith in the coaching staff, Izzo, to close the game. The seniors who were meant to provide consistency and leadership did fuck all today. And at the end of the day, Izzo is responsible for that. I hope the streak ends. Fuck Izzo. Jesus. All right. And from uh, Izzo's got to go, I hope MSU goes to the NIT. They need a wake-up call. And from Joshy, MSU missing the tournament would be good for the program in the long run. Izzo would be forced to use the portal once his Fugazi Red Wings streak comes to an end. I don't. I just don't buy this. I don't buy the idea that missing the tournament somehow would make Izzo go home and get motivated differently. I just don't. I don't. I don't think he thinks that way. I don't think that helps. Yeah. I, I think this is something. There's a huge source of pride. I think there should be great pride for MSU fans that it separates you as a program. It's one of the things that makes them elite, even in seasons when they're not elite. To have that high floor, to always be in the conversation, to always be invited to the dance. I, I just I just disagree with the idea um, that there's any value in missing the tournament. JD, in hindsight, we should have known Izzo's lost his touch after he celebrated in the locker room like they just won the Natty in the aftermath of the Marquette game. Five years ago, Izzo would barely have cracked a smile with a round of 32 victory. That's not the Tom I knew. And bonus. Time for Haller to step in and do something. He doesn't need to pull the Susie Merchant but he needs to make it clear. Tom is, uh, has some serious changes that need to be made. Yeah, I just, I, you know. What's change, the Susie Merchant? Well, I mean, the, the program wasn't headed in the right direction, and he made a change. Um, yeah, but the, he, yeah, he just he thinks programs are either, you know, on the trajectory up or on the trajectory down or staying the same, and staying the same can be okay, but he, he thought women's basketball was headed in the wrong direction. The I mean, but let me let me. I'm gonna let's have this conversation. If you're Alan Haller, you know, you, you show up at Tom's house, you know, box of uh, box of groovy donuts or something, you know, just to, to soften the, um, you know, let let let's get rid of the staff that helped you bring in what I think is a pretty decent recruiting class. Let's, what I mean, I don't guys you trust. Like I think there's some pretty decent coaches on that staff. I don't think we even understand the level of acumen with those coaches. It may be there may be weaknesses on the staff that he needs to address, but. I don't think it's um, – I don't think people actually know who are saying this right now. But uh, – Yeah, but you, so you're telling people they don't know ball? No, I didn't Obviously, say there's something going going on with the coaching staff, though, right? I mean – Well, you got to have somebody who says to you, like, when you don't put Booker back in, like, maybe we go back to Xavier Booker. Maybe somebody said that. I don't know. Um, or, or – but – And Izzo's like, shut up or something? I mean, like, I, Yeah, what? I don't I – don't, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how. But it Tom's all a Hall of Famer. He should be seeing that, not the other guys, right? They should all see it. Yeah, they should all see it. And I, I would, I would bet you that some of them did. The um to the the idea that he celebrated the Marquette that was a big win, though, if you remember that, because it felt like they had just beaten a two seed. It felt like getting past that game, that team had a chance to make a run. I and and, and that you've won the weekend too. So I, I sort of understand that. Um, he celebrates winning the weekend different. If that had been a Sweet Sixteen win. I don't know if it looks exactly the same. Ah, I shouldn't say that. that. They'd beaten Kansas State. I think that would have been a pretty good celebration, too. Professor, next. There is nothing like outsized 
uh, outsized expectations to ruin the experience of rooting for any sports team. And bonus, MSU Hoops will have six new players next season. Six new players. So um, I wouldn't be totally surprised if that's the number. That's that's a pretty good hot take. You know you've got, um, what, three, what, four, is it four freshmen coming in? Um, I would not be surprised, though, if, you know, you have one scholarship extra open. You got, uh, I would not be surprised if it got to six. I think that's probably the peak, but I would not be stunned if between transfers and freshman you got to six if I had to put the over under I'd put it at five and I if you know I don't know which way I would take but but that would not be an extreme number for total new players sad Spartan next senior season Cassius Winston was Izzo's second championship team it was stolen from us make Fauci pay for our <laughs> losses yeah I mean it, it it look that's one of the great out what ifs and I did that whole what ifs column a while back and that's that's as up there as uh, is any and and I know a lot of it's teams depressing. claim that, but it was and I I remember when I ha- I remember writing I had no idea what was coming with COVID I remember writing a column about how COVID was going to ruin the NCAA tournament and it sucked I had no idea it was like a pandemic that was going to stick around for like a year and a half or anything I was more worried about the NCAA tournament because I love the NCAA tournament like you and and I was also intrigued to see where MSU could go and I I thought that the way it was I mean. Winston had really started to play well after going through that all this stuff with his brother and having a rough go of it for a while. But what Xavier Tillman was doing was was really why it was the difference was why I thought they had a shot. Jackie Daytona next. I am very sad that I have to watch Baylor versus Houston to see the MSU brand of basketball I know and love. This is some bullshit. And bonus. Start Booker, play full court pressure, and make Purdue run. What the fuck do you have to lose at this point? A man can dream. Yeah, I mean, certainly, I would I would try to be a, as different as you can. I, I think MSU's backcourt can actually cause Purdue some issues, but um, just countering, you know, just doing what you're doing, I don't think is going to beat Purdue. And so you you need to you need to throw some wrinkles in there, and uh, and Booker is, is is one of those wrinkles. And again, Booker's going to get pummeled, and you don't want him to lose his confidence. You don't want him to get hurt. He's going to get in foul trouble. Like starting Booker and and having a plan for Booker is not riding Booker for. 34 minutes nobody's expecting that but you know Booker should play another 17 and have it spaced out and and be a factor in the game I think Pepe Plum next Graham liking my show posts and leaving it out (laughs) is like my wife winking at me and then spending over an hour in the bath knowing I'll be asleep when she gets out (laughs) also sending your kids to school with shorts in the winter what the fuck Who's done? Who's doing that? I mean, that's what the Brits do. But uh, it's usually white trash kids or Brits, you know. But well, I'm saying in America, it's mostly oh. a, you know, that's well, where you are like from a single parent home or something. Does Teresa ever do that to you? Before she takes a bath, wink, and then takes so long she you fall asleep before she gets up. <laughs> I wait ten minutes. It's not like a you know we're married. What do I care? Stay in there if you want. I don't know. I got Pornhub. <laughs> Another story we're telling no, by a midtown brewing Sometimes, company. you know, it's clinical. Yeah. All right. Uh, Iman Sinner next. The game hasn't passed Izzo by. He just collectively landed a class of seniors that isn't natural vocal leaders. His coaching strategy isn't conducive with the personalities. Bring in Drew Valentine who, uh, as assistant coach and train him to be the next heir. The, this last part I don't think is the dumbest thing in the world. I don't, you know, and, and Valentine would – would would probably do it, but it's like Matt Painter. I mean, Matt Painter was a 
was in a, had been at Purdue. Then he went to Southern Illinois, and he was with uh, Bruce Weber at Southern Illinois, who had also been at Purdue. And when Bruce Weber left for uh, the uh, Illinois job, Matt Painter took over at Southern Illinois for a year, went to the NCAA tournament, and then left to be an assistant under Gene Cady for a year as the coach in waiting. I don't hate that for for the the future is like if you had a guy that was a mid-major coach that you thought this is the guy and Drew Valentine would fall in that mold and I'm not, I'm not saying it's next year or whenever but if he continued to win at Loyola and they're having a really good year this year and you thought this is the guy I mean I think Drew would do that obviously because that's a, that's a that's a big job and then to come in for a year the problem is that creates a scenario where you know it's a coach's final year and Izzo doesn't want that so Izzo's I, I don't think would be would be great with it. I do think there's, you know, it's just there's some real talent among MSU seniors. Like Malik Hall would have been a good player in any era and helped them win. Tyson Walker would have helped them win in any era, been a terrific player. I think um, certainly Jay Nakins in any era would have been somebody who could have been a really good role player and, and, and score and, and athlete. But it's it's they don't quite together um, have the fire and, and, and the consistency uh, right now to, to get it done, and, and they haven't had the big man to help them, certainly. If you put – here's the other thing. You put Xavier Tillman on this team, and obviously he has some leadership himself, but if you put just that talent on this team, I think they're they're Big Ten favorites. Uh, it, it That has really hindered this group. Adam, next, both Nate Oates and Drew Valentine would have a better record coaching this team. This team is juiceless. No, it's fair to wonder what other people would have done with it, and uh, I, I, I do think that the development of Booker up to yesterday and, and, and where he was in December to now says a lot of good things about MSU staff. And um, But there have been moments this year where it, it does feel like they have been searching for something that maybe some others would have had some ideas on, and it is not is not gone great. T-Bone's dad next fans asking Izzo to retire. Should be careful what they ask for. Look at other programs with, which lost legendary coaches and took significant steps backwards. He'll write the ship, but this realistically won't happen until the offseason and with player turnover. Bonus, with the wings on a roll now, they will make a big move at the trade deadline and at least upset their first-round opponent. I also included this to get away from the litany of depressing MSU basketball hot <laughs> takes you're going to get in this pot. We've gotten a few, T-Bone. Appreciate you. Wings are, uh, wings are rolling. And uh, I am going to win my over/under season wins bet um, on, on the Red Wings. I'm excited about. Thank on the, God on the Firekeepers High Casino and Sportsbook. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to the postseason. Postseason hockey, the NBA postseason. Even though the Pistons won't be there, so it's one of the like starting with March when you get March Madness with college basketball, and then you get April, May, June with basketball and hockey. It's 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 really fantastic stuff with baseball starting. Football these days isn't even over for that long. I mean, as a sports fan, there's just a lot of good shit, you know, and it's it's it's, it's one of the best times of the year. Andrew Zawiza next. Izzo should be able to coach as long as he wants. If this freshman class sticks together for three to four years, we'll have the leadership and talent needed to win his second. But in the meantime, we can still temporarily uh, rename the Izzone to the Cause Zone. <laughs> All right. Bonus. You guys are right. Only about five people listen to the show. It's the same five people writing in under different handles. That would be quite a quite a 
quite a bit. It's a long way to go. It's, it's a lot of work. But uh, Zuiza, who's also T-Bone's dad and Tyson's Fury and John Crager, yeah. we, we appreciate you. Appreciate uh, your hard work and yeah. running seven accounts. <laughs> Thank you so much. Tyson's Fury next. Uh, because Booker has placed so much trust in Izzo, Izzo will not retire as long as he's on the team. Both Booker and Izzo will end their Michigan State careers together by cutting down the nets in Detroit in 2027. Number 34 will never be worn by another Michigan State Spartan again. I don't think Booker's got that much time in college. Like You see the, the, the development he's made, and just because of his ability to shoot the ball and because of his length, it will not take long. Like He fits the modern NBA as a big man. Now, maybe there's two more years out of him, but I, I think when, when Izzo thinks he'll be a star next year, I, I do think that that development will happen pretty rapidly and at least to the level that the NBA wants him. I would be very surprised if at the end of next year, um, if he continues to develop, and I don't think his skill is going to get anything any less, that he's not a uh, not a, a, a first-round draft pick. John Crazier, it's time for this tourney streak to end. This mediocrity will continue if the streak continues. Bonus ass. <laughs> All caps. I, yeah, I just disagree with this. I don't. I don't think, you know, I mean, so the the idea is you don't want to ever sink to the point of risking losing the 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 floor, and so you don't you don't push for the ceiling. I, I don't I don't think that's what's happening. Um, but they may mess with it this year. And the, the shame of this year, there are teams that have been bubble teams that Izzo has had uh, that have made it. This is should not have been one of them. And so the fact that it's a little dicey right now is something that he's got to live with and, and something those seniors really got to make sure they don't that they rectify and, and don't go out like that. Alpha Brett next. We all need to stop wasting our time watching the Spartans when we could be watching the greatness of the Detroit Red Wings. Storybook ending for Kane in Chicago last night. Hashtag go Muskox. It was cool. You saw you see the goal by Kane? I, I saw it this morning. Someone sent it to me, yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was, it was and to see him get that um you know, sort of skate around the rink and to his own fans. It was, it was a really, uh, really uh, cool moment. Do you think it's weird, though, that if you're a player comes back like that? I know he won, what, three cups with the Blackhawks? Yeah, yeah. No, but I, I mean, cheering to win an overtime goal to win it? I mean, I, it's just kind of weird. The, but the Blackhawks, keep in mind, are, are not competitive right now. They're like the worst team in hockey almost. I know. And, and so you're just in a, I know. you know, yeah, they're in a place where you can do that, I think. They beat you, though? All right, uh, John, the TV announcer mute button is a f- uh, feature that is long overdue. Let me hear the stadium sounds and mute the announcers. Call it the Gus Enhancement feature. Would you like this, where you could just listen to the Nat sound or no? It doesn't matter. I, if if Treese is not around, I listen to something. Like, I listen to podcasts or something, or music. or You don't listen to the broadcasters that often, yeah. I try not, I, you know, no. Yeah, no, I... Which, I mean, I, I honestly, I'd rather hear some sort of. I mean, unless Gus Johnson, I would do it on that one. Like I listen, to, I watch a lot of Mexican soccer, and I, so I don't understand a lot of times. So you know happening. Spanish? I don't. I should. I should know something. I know I have a year and eight days of French in my belt, and that's all I've got. But the, um, I, I do think that, like that doesn't bother me because I know I don't understand it, right? And and I I can listen with the sound up because I like hearing the natural sound around it, and everything that's going on. I like their excitement and their voices. But bad American announcing does piss me off. Like it's it's almost like I prefer it was just something that was almost like the Charlie Brown adults is what the Mexican soccer is to be. Let's take uh, one more quick break. Uh, we come back. We will dig into the rest of your hot takes. Couch in the Rube presented by our friends at Muscox Quality Flannels. Firekeepers Online Casino and Sportsbook is the site to play. 
from your phone, tablet, or laptop. Get in on all the football action with pre- and in-game wagering. There's showdowns every week in football that you can't miss. Plus, the college and pro hoops are red hot and the pucks are cool. Get your first casino deposit and sports wager matched up to $500 each. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and located in Michigan. Gambling problem? Call the Michigan Problem Gambling Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. Where else can you cheer on your team, enjoy a mouth-watering burger or savory sushi, sip on handcrafted cocktails, or one of 46 beers on tap? Take your game day or date night to Caskin Company Kitchen Bar or Front 43 Neighborhood Pub near Frandor. Two amazing places with one awesome blended modern American-Asian menu. Catch the game on one of 30, 60-inch TVs or stop in for the all-you-can-eat lunch buffet. Enjoy happy hour or elevate your night out at Caskin Company or Front 43 on East Saginaw in Lansing. Ever wonder how comfortable you can be and how good you can look? Put on a muskox flannel and find out. Muskox has new arrivals for this fall, including the Caper Green Grand Flannel, which even makes couch look good. Muskox is a Detroit-based flannel company that creates soft and durable flannels made to last a lifetime. They become a great partner with Couch in the Rube, not just because they make us look good and feel good, but because they're good people too and a socially conscious company. For every $100 purchase, $10 is donated to the Alaska Wildlife Conservation. Muskox flannels are designed with 100% cotton that is ethically sourced and double brushed for softness. Feel the quality and comfort of a muskox flannel by ordering at GoMuskox.com, where Couch and the Rube listeners can enjoy $15 off their flannel purchase with the promo code HAW. Christmas is almost here, and jewelry is for sure on your list. But where will you go for that very special gift? I'm Katrine Medawar, and we at Medawar Jewelers' four locations in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage have filled our stores with gorgeous pieces of jewelry just in time for the holiday season. Diamond rings, diamond necklaces, bracelets, earrings, watches. We have a huge selection of the latest designs of engagement rings. And if you want your ring custom designed, then we do it all in-house, exquisitely created by our master jeweler. If a lab-created diamond is on your mind, then come in today and we'll show you the largest selection of the highest quality lab diamonds in mid-Michigan. So, what to buy this Christmas? Come to Madawar Jewelers. We have you covered. Madawar Jewelers. Come enjoy irresistible, award-winning, handcrafted donuts and locally roasted coffee at Groovy Donuts. Surprise your family or coworkers with special holiday designs and flavors, or put the perfect finishing touch on an event with a custom order. Birthdays, weddings, gender reveals, our friends at Groovy Donuts are your answer. Experience the Groovy Donuts difference for yourself on Lake Lansing Road in East Lansing or in Williamston. Get more information or place an order at GroovyDonuts.com. Find Couch in the Room podcasts on Spreaker, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and the Rube's favorite, Podcast Addict. Couch in the Rube, presented by our friends at Go Muskox Flannels. Uh, sorry, at Muskox Quality Flannels. Go to GoMuskox.com um, to purchase and peruse your flannel offerings. You can look as good as me and Jason. Probably better than me and Jason. But you can look as good as you can look in a Muskox flannel, which for the second year in a row rated the 
top flannel uh, in the country by Gear Junkie, by the Gear Junkie. Uh, so it's not just me and Jason telling you about Go Muskox. Again, gomuskox.com, and the promo code is HOFF for $15 off for Couch and the Rube listeners. Uh, back to your hot takes. Corey Ostrom next. Izzo and staff share a lot of blame for Sunday with the silly rotations. Booker was plus 11, Mahdi minus 6, and Cooper minus 1. Hogarth and Walker even shared with the media how Booker opens up the floor on offense and changes shots on defense. Kohler and Carr also deserve more run. And from Travis Maynard, those rotations were so inexplicably bad, the only explanation is Tom purposely lost to avoid the 8-9 and <laughs> seed. As absurd as that sounds, it makes way more fucking sense than purposely playing Mahdi, Coop, and Carr in the same lineup, aborting our momentum, costing us the game. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a lineup, you know, any any lineup with Coop, Cooper and Carr. Uh, Cooper, Carr, and Mahdi, though. I mean, bad. come on. And, and even Don't we Kohler. deserve an answer yeah. for that? Like, what are, you, what, what are we doing? Yeah, it, it doesn't. And what's funny, though, is that Carr is lumped into this now. There was a point in time where people would have, Gladly taking a bad lineup to have Cohen Carr on the floor. Listen, let's be honest. Cohen Carr is the honest. best part of those three. Let's get it <laughs> correct. This here, the um, yeah, no, look, it, the plus minus stuff though is a little bit um, you know, again, it can be misleading in a given game, and they're they're advanced plus minus numbers and things like that. But I, I think any simple eye test told you what what was what was going on, and and that and again, it's not that it, there are multiple issues here. There's the shooting in the way the the way the seniors played. Um, there is the two big lineups that sort of brought things to a halt and that probably need to stop unless a guy who can stretch the floor is in there, which is Xavier Booker. And then there was the idea of not inserting Booker at any point to help your offense just to change who you were and jumpstart things. Because it's not just about what – I mean, Booker is not some – killer offensive player but again he spreads the floor he he's, he can clean up mistakes uh he's got good hands and and he can hit a three and he, you know i those are things they could have used late in that game ryan allen next this loss is on tyson walker and his mediocre play the center spot is what it is akins has been up for mostly up and down mostly all year hogart has just been okay but this team needs 20 points per game walker on uh, good percentages to be successful if he plays like this the last four to five games, MSU's cooked. Bonus, can't wait for this class to graduate and maybe take the overrated junior guard uh, wing with them. It's going to be very interesting, I think, at uh, senior day next week um, against Northwestern, how this class is sort of received. Um, because right now the vibes aren't good, and chances are they don't go great with Purdue. So the next like data point, is going to be, or the data point you're going to have is like three straight losses and then, you know, saying goodbye and kissing the floor and all that stuff. It's going to be, it's going to be a weird, a weird, uh, weird vibe for sure. We missed one from MSU Piper. Mm. Uh, how many times are you guys going to uh, hard pass to Carson Cooper from three feet away? Hard to blame Cooper for drops. Yeah, I don't, look, Cooper is not, like, all these guys individually aren't aren't the issue necessarily. I mean, Cooper, I think has decent hands, and I think still a really good prospect. He's somebody you want in your program. I I do not. He's just he has some limitations offensively, and when he plays as part of a lineup with other bigs, that those are exacerbated. He should still be playing minutes. He's still a good player, a good rebounder. He's been better than Mati Sissoko a lot lately. Um, 
I don't know that he was uh, in Sunday, but, you know, yeah, I don't think a lot's been Cooper's fault. It's the situation he's in, and then he still needs to develop and work on some things in the offseason. Witty username, after all the hot air all season circling around the center position, this team still goes as Hogard goes, and lately he's been playing like crap. That, with Walker's injury, is what is killing the end of the season. I didn't think Hogard was that bad yesterday. I didn't think he was great. And and certainly they could have used great Hogard, which shows up once in a while. But I didn't I didn't think he was 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 all that bad. Um, guys, don't make shots. You're not going to have a million assists. What do you have like four yesterday or something? And and um, he didn't turn the ball over a ton. I thought he was. Decent but he's also not being a leader. You have to throw that in there as well. Like the stat line, you know, getting guys motivated, getting like, hey guys, we're going to lose to Ohio State. Like, yeah, what the fuck? Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Why is Davis Smith the fucking guy that motivates us? It's crazy. Uh, Michigan, CI next. A.J. Hogard will be a forgotten Spartan in 10 years. His tenure at point guard is marred in years of mediocrity and lack of leadership. Unless they make a miracle run to the Final Four, he will only be remembered as the point guard during the lowest point in the Izzo era. Um, I mean, forgotten to some degree, I don't think you're right. I mean, unless they make a run here, he will not be thought of among the great, certainly. He, you know, he's he's been, he's been a pretty good player. Uh, thought of as the low point in the Izzo era, I, that's that's a tough thing. But it obviously, depending on how this season, this will be thought of, of among the lowest points. But you think about that, though. Lowest points is four straight NCAA tournaments. And and the problem is, you know, he is a young player. Like, he wasn't in the COVID year. He wasn't the starting point guard. And then he was sort of emerging unexpectedly as a sophomore on that team that made the second round of the tournament. And last year gets to the Sweet 16 and puts up like 25 as an incredible game. I, You know, I mean, I, I think a little of that's unfair. Is he a frustrating player at times? Yeah. but uh, um, And he won't be remembered as one of the greats because you got to win something to be remembered that way. Uh, Bobby, uh, next hot take. People will point to the five spot as the biggest disappointment. Izzo blaming position. But Aiken's lack of development is the biggest eye-opener. He was supposed to take the Kobe Bufkin jump and just didn't. There, there's a fair argument here that, that Aikens has not been the player they want him to be, and I think you're seeing more and more you see the ball in his hands trying to do things. I think they need – like, I think his role, the number of guards they've had, is, is is needs to expand for him to take that jump. Whether he's capable of it, I don't know. I think we might see it next year a little more. He's less on the wing, more a two-guard. Um, they need to get bigger on the wing. Him more at the two I, I think would be would be ideal. And And – I would like to see what he looks like next year playing next to Fears um, is the starter at the two. Matt Boone, this MSU coaching staff has no idea what lineups work for MSU to be successful. If they did, better with lineup choices, we would have uh, three to five more wins. I, w- uh, I would tell you what I think what I think go lineups are, but don't want to make Jason read all that. <laughs> We appreciate you. Did you forget a letter or something? I, yeah, I probably fucked it up. Oh, I, it was great. a lot of editing. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. But he, the, basically, he was going to give us the lineups, but he, he wanted to rest your rest your voice. Um, Jesus. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, no. You, 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 look, I, um, I think one of the things that does happen when you when you insert a new starting center and play them 17 of 25 minutes, you're also trying to figure out where other guys fit, and that was part of the issue yesterday. Well, I'll be, I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see Izzo's response uh, at his press conference and just sort of what he learned and and then what he does going forward. Mark Osterman next. I would say Booker's defense is greater than Mahdi's offense and Booker's offense. 
is greater than Mahdi's defense. Make it all make sense. Yeah, I think you're you're probably right there. If that is, I mean, I, I can't make what happened make sense. I just I just can't. Nate Hamilton Izzo is anti portal, but not anti using the portal. Lazy take, otherwise. And bonus, he bet on improvements from Sissoko or Cooper. Both had positive moments last year. Kohler uh, to develop and or Booker to earn minutes. It just sucks to go, uh, whatever. 0.5 for four. It. It, it, and be looking at the bubble <laughs> as a result. I, just don't, I don't care. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, they, they missed at the center position. They thought they were going to get more out of this, out of the development. Throwing yeah. fucking decimals in on me? Kiss my ass. <laughs> Next question. Nick Stenholm. MSU's guards must be better. Can't score four points in the last nine minutes. That being said, this loss is 100% on Izzo. He continues to play Mahdi and forces underperforming guards to play four on five. A coach's job is to give his team the best chance to win. Izzo has absolutely failed at this. Um, Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. I, I don't know what else to say. You're 100% right. You know, most people who read this much, Jason, would have, like, read to children for, like, Two hours. Or they're on the Joe good. Rogan podcast. Like, or, what the fuck is this? Or done this like good. four hours? I feel like we've been here since noon. Yeah, we're, 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 we're close. We're close. Shit. All right. Anyway. All right, we done? Yeah. Uh, G.E. Miller, Izzo throwing Hogard under the bus shows that his time is up. This is your program, Tom. You pick all the players and the roster. You're the leader. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I don't <clears> – <throat> I understand that sentiment, and I think yesterday was one of those days that's concerning, uh, but I, I don't – I don't think it's it's there yet. And it's going to get harder and harder to just pick the players. Like every year is going to be a, a, a new puzzle. Uh, and I think that's as long as you can sort of keep this developmental program alive, it's, it's the way to go if you're Michigan State. All right. Uh, Mun Field Keg. Uh, in a previous hot take, I said the offense was broken and it had been broken. Graham wasn't sold. Now it's just the offense that is broken. It's the whole program. We desperately need uh, we desperately need a fresh set of eyes and someone to help Tom in his final years. The status quo is not it. Well, we'll see if, if he makes. I'll be very curious at the end of this year if if he thinks there's an issue. I think he likes the staff, and so I don't. Uh, I would be surprised if he made a change. Bo McJunkins, Kyle Austin says we didn't lose because of the center. We lost because we didn't have the offense. Oh, great! So we didn't play our best fucking offensive center. Got it. If one more writer tells me we'd lose because of Booker, I'm going to lose my mind. We still lost without him. And bonus, some of these lineups that repeatedly don't work are no better than Jay Johnson or Dave Warner running fourth and two straight into the stack fucking box. We know it doesn't work, but damn, if we're going to uh, show we have the biggest ding-dong and do it anyway. I think one of the most frustrating things coaches do with fans is when they do something that seems obvious, you know, Coaches often behave like they know more than fans. They know more than writers. They are the smartest guys in the room. And then when, when they do something wrong that is just seems so illogical that everybody can see and they don't come across as having the humility to recognize it, I think that's the most frustrating thing that a coach can do to a fan base. Uh, Graham Stout, I contend that Marty Coop Carr trio was electric. The stats don't quote uh, quite bear that out. But many contrarians like yours truly agree was a minus twenty six in four minutes uh, of game time underwhelming, perhaps. But too many people get caught up in the deep analytics or facts or eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, just ignore that, all that, and and you're, you're fine with what they're doing. 
Nate C. MSU turns down the NIT after Izzo decides he's done and would rather just play golf with Saban somewhere warm. We aren't over 500 in Big Ten play for the next seven years and two coaches, firmly reinforcing the fact that we are not a blue blood. Bonus. During this time, MSU hockey wins a national championship. I think, you know, MSU basketball had to die so MSU hockey could fly, right? That's the, that's the word. You can't have both be great at the same time, and that's just Why what, not? what's happening here. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh. Yeah. Ben Jen, Mr. Ben Jen, I hope this team loses every single remaining game. They suck. Are unreliable, aren't likable. I want Fears and Carr and Booker and some juice next year. Goodbye and good riddance, losers. Izzo included. Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. That's the way people feel today. I mean, if they beat Purdue, I, I, because of today's show, I really want them to beat Purdue. I want to see what, it, what this sounds like, what it looks like. <laughs> All right. Dark Man Antonio. Izzo is an all-time great college coach. But couldn't uh, he still be considered slightly disappointing? The tourney is lots of randomly uh, randomity and luck, if you believe in that. But it's mostly great coaching and preparation, uh, and his Final Four winning percentage is nowhere near as good as other greats. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's considered disappointing overall. I mean, Michigan State, if you had told them what they'd get when he got hired, or, or even any program in, in Michigan State shoes got what Izzo has given Michigan State, and some of the reason they haven't done as well in the Final Four, there have been some, there haven't been a lot of years where they've been favored to win that game or the better team in that game. Some of it's been sort of overachieving to get there at times, um, but definitely the Final Four record. I mean, is, is not is not great, but he's he's gotten there. I don't I don't want, I wouldn't call it slightly disappointing. Um, people would like another national title though. That's all. Uh, the Russell B. The roller coaster will continue. The last two nightmare home losses will be the rally call, and they will win on the road at Purdue by 12. That's all we want for this podcast. 12-point win at Purdue, hot take Monday. I just wanted to hear upper deck jerk guy at this point. <laughs> We're I'm getting there. Here. We're so Jesus close. Christ. Jason Aikens next. Do you want to forget about MSU basketball for a while? Do you like to laugh? Do you like the martial arts? Watch The Brother's Son on Netflix. That's my advice. Have you watched that? Absolutely not. I have not heard it heard of it but i will or will i i will i I might try i'll I'll give it a look look. thank you jason no thanks cheeks michigan state hockey will win the national championship and bonus michigan state baseball has to make the big 10 tournament this year or jake boss is fired you know i hope that doesn't happen because i like i like jake boss and i think it's a tough program to win at so but uh Matt Shepard, Hall of Famer. I mm-hmm. do think that I do think they've got to continue to uh, have uh, you know levels of success that include the the conference tournament. Yeah. Jackie Day- Daytona. Grayson Allen has injured more players than court storming. Band Duke, not fun. <laughs> Duke's Flipowski is spinning in the arms of a trainer like he stepped on a landmine, and Shire flailing around like his embassy is being invaded was so hilariously on brand for them. That is Duke, you know. 100% makes it less, I don't know. I mean, that's pretty funny. Yeah, it's really Grayson well Allen has injured more players than court storming. That's and it's it's actually a fair point, probably. <laughs> Jay Riemann Schneider. The 2023 Lions and 2021 Michigan football kind of mirrored. Michigan finally beat Ohio State, won the Big Ten, made the college football playoff. The Lions finally won the division in a playoff game, and anything after that, both was gravy. But as someone who doesn't watch the NFL or care about the Lions, I didn't like them taking Michigan shine this year. <laughs> I wonder how many Michigan fans feel that way if you're not a Lions One. fan. No, I, well, if you're not from Michigan, 
And you're, you know, no, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ghost of George Perlis. Not much to say about MSU basketball that won't already be said, but I'm going to say it apparently. MSU hockey is primed to finish number one in the Big Ten. So I'm going NFL draft. Crafty Brad Holmes will mortgage the first round picks in a lot of years upcoming to move up and pick up first this year. Whatever. Yeah. My guess is the defensive tackle from Texas, cornerback and cornerback from Toledo or defensive end from Mississippi. All would be good. By Any Jason. names at all? Or are we just <laughs> linebacker from anyway? Hans Jurgen, number one, the Dunkin Donuts cops came around the neighborhood looking for Graham. They told me, quote, we're going to get that motherfucker. Huh? All right. Two, we look like dog shit when we're not hitting our threes. And three, Malik Hall is our best player right now. We should have been feeding him in the post at the end. And bonus, all will be forgiven if this team beats Purdue. I think it'll be, make it more perplexing in some ways, but th- certainly it'll change the vibe. And Michigan State could badly need a, a changed vibe. And it'll mean they did some things right, coaching and otherwise, that will, will help uh, soothe over the, the vibes right now. Uh, Jake Hawkins, this is the most polarizing and disappointing MSU basketball team in season as far as I can remember. Inexcusable for dropping two losses at home, especially yesterday. Izzo hasn't learned to keep talent playing over uh, experience, and the team hasn't learned uh, Walker can't do everything. Yeah, uh, I mean... I, I'm not going to argue with you, Jake. I think you hit you hit some things on the head here. Uh, they know Walker can't do everything, but the problem is you, they need him to be great a lot, and they haven't been. I mean, they ought to be at a place right now where they can withstand a bad game from Walker and win an Ohio, win a home game against Ohio State, and they are not. All right, and lastly, the jerk guy, upper deck jerk guy. The fact that random people on Twitter think they know more than Izzo is hilarious. That said, I could do a better job than Izzo. <laughs> and bonus, so much wasted talent makes me sad, both players and coaches. That show was too long, but <laughs> we appreciate all of you. I should have known yeah. it because I got interrupted this morning as I was editing this, so I didn't have a sense of how long it took me to put all these in because I had a couple other things happening. But in hindsight, I knew it, and it, it needed to be slightly trimmed. But we appreciate all of you that have made it this far. We appreciate all of you for producing our show. I appreciate Jason for giving up his voice in total today, and uh, he will not be able to speak for, for quite some time. Um, we appreciate Muskox. Go to gomuskox.com. Again, gomuskox.com slash spring for their latest spring offerings. Uh, some fantastic stuff. Look good. Feel good this spring. Um, we appreciate Midtown Brewing Company. Go to midtownbrewing.net to check out their website, Midtown Brewing Company on Facebook. Check out their menu. Swing on by. It's a fantastic place for any occasion. We'll be back later in the week with a uh, shorter show. Love you guys. Good show, man. Yeah, Talk right. to the room.